Hello everyone and welcome to the Belgian Football Podcast. My name is Ben Jackson and I'll be your host today and as always I'm joined by Scott and Joris. Scott and Joris, how are you guys doing this evening? Hey guys, how are you? It's good to be back. The new season is nearly upon us. New music, new logo, everyone knows about it, everyone likes it. Yeah, Happy to go now. Yeah, absolutely. We're loving the new logo and we're glad that people seem to be loving the new logo. And we sure by now, hopefully you are also loving the new music. We are finally, finally recording our pre-season episode. We've been speaking about it for ages. We've probably been tweeting about it for ages as well. Today's the day to sit down and do it. Just a little disclaimer, this is being recorded on the 13th of July. So if you hear something and it sounds completely out of date by the time the season started and like some players have moved and stuff like that we're just going based on what we know at this vote at this moment in time we're sticking with the squads that are here now the players that we know are moving the players that we know have come in how the clubs are at this very moment in time is kind of what we're basing our little pre-season preview on as you kind of know with us if you've listened to us before we don't just favor the big teams we like to look at every single team so we will look at all 18 pro league teams we're not missing any out we are just sticking with 1a we're not going to add 1b we will look at 1b later on but for now we're just sticking with 1A and the 18 teams in that so yeah we're kind of just going to have a look at their transfers that came in and out gen- more general overview of the state the club is in going into the season and then a, a little prediction of whether we think based on what we see at this very moment in time if they're going to have a better season a similar season or if they're going to be worse we weren't too sure in what way to order this so we thought as this is probably going to be a long episode, you may not want to listen to this all in one go. I know that sometimes it can be quite hard. So we've kind of gone with order of play for the first weekend. So that means we start with Standard Liège. Scott, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Kind of give us a nice little overview what what you've kind of written down about Standard and what you think about them going into this season. Standard are in a slightly difficult position, as anyone with one BDI or both on Belgian football will know, because at the moment they're trying to reduce their debt, which is kind of quite sizable. They're they're making inroads, which is good. That is reducing. So the the temporary transfer ban that was imposed upon them recently was very quickly lifted, and that was because of some player sales that brought in some sizable sums to the club. So they are they are making inroads. They are. They're a club really in, in, in a period of transition, I suppose. I think that's the important thing to, to kind of take away from this. So because they're trying to reduce the debt, there's going to be a lot of player sales before any new acquisitions come in. And Mbile tries to turn the ship around um, and get standard into a position where they're they're able to challenge again, which is obviously where they want to be. So they're they're rebuilding the squad, they're reducing the debt. And they're about to start a big stadium redevelopment as well, which is which is interesting. Of course, the, the big prize there is that over the course of the next three to five years, that should increase their revenue. So as of today, there have been, you know, a number of departures from Standard over the last few weeks and no arrivals. But, you know, that's not surprising considering the situation. Mbile was saying yesterday, in fact, that he expects reinforcements to come in soon. The big bits of news, I think, are that Balakwisha, as we know, has left and gone to Antwerp, uh, which is netted standard €6 million. Euros. And Zeno van Huysden, who's probably the, the most prized asset, is going back to Inter Milan for something in the region of £16 million. So they're really eating into kind of that debt nicely and, and making some progress there. I think my tuppence worth on standard is that I think 
standard fans are going to have to be patient because I think they might have a slightly inconsistent season as they readjust again as well. And I was thinking about this today. I think if they can secure a playoff two spot come that point much later in the season, then I think they would have to be happy with that because I think they're looking at a sort of two to four year plan in the short to medium term. Yeah. No, I think you kind of summed them up nicely there, Scott. I think the only kind of two cents that I'd like to add into it as well is, yeah, you talked about like Balakrish and Van Huysen. I think they had to be sold and I think that's good. They got good money in the end um, for them. I know Balakrish, I'm sure he'll enjoy his return to that stadium. Um, see. Yeah, exactly. Of all the fan bases to piss off, I don't think they're one you probably want to do. I think my looking at transfers, yeah, like you said, I think obviously they haven't been able to make any transfers in, so it's hard to kind of judge them on that. I'd be concerned if they lose CK and uh, Raskan as well. I'm not too like convinced that without them, they won't be able to do as well. I think they're two quite important players for them. One area I do think they could do with investing in is a left back. At the moment, when I was looking at the squad, the only kind of backup left back I could see was um, the youngster Kalu. I think he's only like 18 years old and he's the only recognised left back to Gavary. So I think that might be an area they want to invest in. Yeah, I think they will be, they're going to be okay because of that strike force. Like Klaus and Muleka, we've seen patches of it when Mbai was like kind of happy to play them together. He started to get happier playing them together and you kind of saw the rewards from that. So I think those two having a more of a season together up front and if he goes with that. I'm also quite excited to see if Tapsoba can kind of step into Balakrish's role and take that because we saw some glimpses again from him last season. So I'm interested to see if he could kind of push on and kind of take up that position I'm very excited to see Klaus and Maleka up front. I think we could have like a, a classic dynamic strike partnership with those two. Joris, what's your kind of outside thoughts on standout as well? I went in it with uh, the idea that it would be one of the bigger question marks of the season. And I'm sure that actually still is the case. But then I had a look at their squad. And despite all these players that they have to let go... It's actually still a decent squad, so I'm, I'm, I'm don't, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It's, it's not looking that bad necessarily. It depends, of course, indeed, on uh, who else is going to leave, but there because there will be more departures. But it's actually qu- still quite stuffed, so and stuffed and stuffed in their squad in almost every position, except indeed this left back. Also, especially since Gavory has been rumored that he would be one of the players that uh, that would be allowed to go uh, if the if someone gives a yeah. A significant sum. If Raskin would leave, he's a really good player, but actually they still have plenty of uh, central midfielders, among which Amala, of course, also still important. The wings is uh, the, the the area they want. They actually also um, formulated that they that they want to focus on uh, in the, the reinforcements. Yeah, and even Van Heusen leaving. They still have. Well, hopefully they will they will get Bokadi back soon. Life is is decent. It's not ideal, but it it. it it doesn't look that grim as I thought before going into this. Yeah, I think I think the one unknown with standard guys, um, I don't know if you feel the same, is a lot of their seasons going to depend on who they bring in between now and you know the start of the season and the opening weeks as well. There is still a bit of time. So if, if two or three players of quality were to come in, then I think that would really change how, how their season might pan out as well. I think it's quite important they start reasonably well, just, just for a confidence boost as well because last season was was so miserable for them that I think the last thing they need with a, a team that have a yeah more negativity around them than you would want at the moment is is, is a bad start so I think it's quite important for them that they start okay no I'd agree with that and I think I've kind of 
one of my takes on it was that actually I don't think Van Huysen's going to be a massive miss because he barely played last season for yeah. them. Like They're used to playing without him. I liked moments that I saw from uh, Musa Sissako. He's only 20 years old, got plenty of room to grow. Like you said, Bacardi as well. He's a quality player at centre-back. Lifeist is just, he should be made captain as well. So yeah, like it's a decent side. It's just like, left-back's my issue. And yeah, like Joris, now you've said that, I look at the wings and I'm like, mm, it's kind of a bit of an odd situation there. Like I've mentioned Tapso, but he's kind of a bit unknown. You've got Cartella, Gonzalez as well, Lestien, like these players that have kind of been there for a while, but haven't always produced the goods. Like Lestien can be quite inconsistent which could be frustrating and sometimes does frustrate the fans so both of these are also allowed to leave i think yeah. uh, because of the the salary were weight that they carry yeah and again i think if they can get some money for those two players i don't think that's the end of the world those two going i think you could find some replacements for them or just promote some of the younger players you've got another balakwisha there you could just stick william in instead and maybe you'll get the same results as you had but We'll see. Yeah, interesting team. Like that first game is going to be an interesting game, actually, to kind of see who's there, how they lay, like how they set up, what kind of Mbai is going to put on the table for them going forward and what formations he's going to play and stuff like that. Let's move on to their opposition, which is Joris' side, Genk. And Joris, we're going to have to go straight to you on Genk. I think you are the fan. You've got more of that kind of knowledge of stuff and then we'll try and be a little bit impartial off the back of it. Um, although I know you are very impartial anyway. So yeah, Genk, transfers in and out, kind of state the clubs in, just give us kind of a nice overview. Transfers in and out, that that part actually looks quite all right. I think um, not no major departures yet. I suppose both Lukumi and Onuachu are supposed to still leave, which is understandable. And the big question mark will, of course, be who will be the replacement of Onuachu and will he be able to not really replace him because that's going to be impossible, but to, to contribute in a different way to a team that uh, that has that leads the team to success. Uh, something like that <laughs> sounds more like a manager, but they brought in a few already. Sadik and an extra center back which is already the re- would already be the replacement for Lukumi. Euclid, probably Uronen is also going to leave, uh, but he didn't play as much by the end of last season anymore. I'm quite excited about uh, the signing of Karel Erting, central midfielder, central defensive midfielder maybe, but he can actually take all, all roles there. Like all kink midfielders, quite versatile, technically gifted, with a good vision. There will definitely be some rotating in that uh, spot anyway, uh, with the European football secured uh, until January at least. They also signed Mike Trezor Ndaishime. I, I probably pronounced it wrong. I know well done. <laughs> he, gave, he, gave an in, he gave an interview on um, on Dutch TV through, and also I think at Willem uh, for the for the club channel, where he explained how to pronounce it. And I probably still butchered it. Mike Trezor <laughs> is, is what he likes anyway, so I'll start calling from that yeah you, you can play in all attacking midfield positions uh, so that's a much needed backup also for uh Bonganda and Ito they, they played all all almost all games uh, last season and yeah I hope to also see Oyen in these positions but he should actually get his chance at the central position a bit more uh, in my opinion but okay that's uh, going a bit too far already so yeah, they, they brought in, what is it, five players now? Um, yeah, also Kelvin John, but I, I most likely that's for the development squad, Tenzin, young Tanzanian talent, striker. There's definitely some young striking talent there. Some departures, it's mentioned, it's both a good thing and maybe a bad thing at this moment in time. No no real high-profile departures. Mats Müller-Daly has gone to Nuremberg, and I, I know um, Ben doesn't really like that. <laughs> 
or as uh, he, he would like would have liked him at uh, Fortuna Düsseldorf instead. Yeah, they also got rid of Zinogano and he went to Zoltovarium. A reasonably good transfer for everyone involved, I, I think, all parties, all three parties. And then there's also Kasper de Moore, but I think that was already arranged when he was loaned out to Leuven. He's also uh, there on a permanent basis now. I think there needs to be some more cutting in the squad on certain positions. But in general, it looks fine transfer-wise. And then for the rest, squad-wise, I'm very scared for the beginning of the season and the Champions League qualifiers with yeah many players not having trained yet or just back in training, having short, short vacations after a very, very long season. So that would make them more injury-prone. Joseph Painzel came back from loan uh, after a good loan, a uh, decent season at uh, Ankara Gucu. Yeah, the, he's also a ad- potential additional option on the on the wings uh, for the replacement of uh, of Bongwanda and or Ito, and he's having a good preparation preseason. That uh, to be fair, I don't really believe in a in a future for him in in Genk anymore. But um, I'll be happy uh, to be surprised there. <laughs> yeah, no, just to come back. Yeah, I did want Mats Muller daily at Fortuna Düsseldorf. I've wanted Mats Muller daily at Fortuna Düsseldorf before he even went to Genk. So yeah, that's one I've been clamoring for, and I'm quite annoyed. Um, on this, yeah, on Genk, I literally just have Onoachu is still there in capital letters on like the notes that I took. Yeah, I think yeah, kind of you've just basically summed it up. Like the players that have left didn't it's, they didn't really affect the squad at this moment in time. I think the thing that I really noticed when I looked at the squad was just like the strength and depth is just really, really nice. Apart, we spoke a little bit earlier about the goalkeeping position being all teenagers, highly rated teenagers, but all teenagers. But yeah, Vanderbilt is a quality keeper, so you just stick. You don't normally see keepers get kind of injured or switched around that much but then you look at yeah there's centre-back strength and depth looks nice Lukumi, Cuesta, McKenzie, uh, Sadiq as well like that's a good four fullback as well I think you've got really nice strength and depth at fullback with Artiega, Euclid and you've got Munoz and Preciado like there's just so many good options there central midfield is looks pretty stacked as well in my opinion um, some really good players really interchangeable players as well you've mentioned as well Pansel and Mike Tressor as kind of like backup players for Ito and Bongonda that that's a nice situation to have. Onoachu and I still believe in Cyril Dessas. Um, I think he's a quality backup striker to have to Onoachu. Yeah, then the signings that they brought in. As a fan of African football, I would love to see some Kelvin John, but I kind of agree with you. I don't think we're going to see Kelvin John this season. For me, I've because of that strength and depth, like I was thinking about this better same or worse obviously better for Genk is the title I don't want to go out and and start saying they're going to win the title or anything like that but I think I would expect them to push the top sides at that so to be in a title race basically for most of the regular season Scott what's your kind of opinion on Genk? I think you guys have kind of covered most of the main points I think I think it's the title challenge thing that you mentioned is is the big thing here I think the additions that have come in that Joris was talking about have strengthened what was already a very good squad so I think there's more depth than there was there last year I think the the defensive squad is very very strong I think and the planning has been going on there quite a while I think you can tell you know even last season when you know Preciado McKenzie came in it was obvious that there were longer term plans there to you know solidify that 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 base longer term. This is this is a very young squad. 
an average age of what twenty two years old, and that's that's a squad that's only going to get better. So if they can hold on to their best, the you know the real stars there, the big hitters, which they have done up till now, and I think the signs are that they'll still be there at the start of the season. Um, feel free to tweet me once this has gone out and everything's changed, but um, I think Genk are in a very good place at the moment, and I think they're probably set to have quite a good season again. How good? Only time will tell, but I, I agree with you guys. I think a strong title challenge is definitely going to be their aim and certainly isn't out of the question because I look at that squad all over the place and there's plenty of kind of quality and strength and depth and that is a squad that really should be pushing hard for the title, I think. For once, I'm not going to completely downsize things. Um, it, it should happen. It still cannot ha- uh, cannot happen, of course, because yeah, the, the age, the, that could be an advantage, but it can also be a... Yeah, a disadvantage plus uh, the extra. I'm I'm, uh, I'm just gonna throw in some caveats uh, instead of uh, really saying it's not gonna happen. Um, but yeah, in the European football that wasn't there last season. But on the other hand, they now have more depth. Uh, last season it was a bit, still a bit of a problem uh, with the depth and got quite lucky with not too many injuries, at least not many at the same time. I think we we should be ready for the season. We're weren't it for the Copa America and uh, the Colombians being well, reaching far there, so they won't be there for the, the for the, the first game. Once everyone is back, then the thing there another caveat is then of course if there would be a missed start because I kind of calculate that already how will the team react and if that would happen the one thing that Genk definitely showed last year was they just got on a run didn't they and they just seemed imperious like in the playoffs they were just so good to watch I think as well I look at this squad and I think obviously look at European football and stuff like that it's not if this squad stays the same, it's not a team you'd quite you'd like to face in European football, would you? Really, like dangerous attacking players, solid defense with pace at the back as well. So, like you can't exploit that at all. Good young goalkeeper, manager that likes to play kind of an exciting attacking brand of football. Like you said, yeah, like the youth, it can work one of two ways. But if they have that energy and that exuberance and that kind of no fear quality, because the oldest player is what Hazowski at twenty nine. Like he's the oldest player and he's no like slouch. <laughs> um, it's not like he's some like aged player that can't move about and stuff. He's still like an integral guy. So yeah, it's exciting. I'm I've put my kind of final note on them is if you're a neutral, watch Genk play because they're an exciting team to watch and they'll definitely be an exciting team to watch this season, even if Onoachu leaves or Kumi leaves. Like they're still an exciting team to, to watch. Next one we are going to move to is Urh. Lurven. And I'll take this one. Share it around a bit. I'll start on this one. Yeah, it's been a quiet transfer window for Lurven. I guess kind of the big things is that they've kept two of their most important players, arguably three of their most important players. Thomas Henry stays. Mercier signed a new deal, which is fantastic. We're all really excited that he's going to be sticking around in this league. And obviously Romo's still there. He was our goalkeeper of the season. So yeah, they've still got some some quality players. It's clear that also Beers was asking for defensive reinforcements. Obviously, Denord, just like Joris was saying earlier, came back in. But that's kind of all they've really, really signed, the kind of defensive players. I'm excited to see Schenk Ozkatse, young Turkish loanee from Lyon. They've also signed uh, Scotty Zadzut uh, of Lille as well, another defensive player. So, yeah, they're kind of strengthening that part of the pitch. They've also allowed a lot of their fringe players to leave, which I think has been really good I think you can have like a really dangerous thing when you have too big a squad full of players that aren't ever going to get in. Unfortunately, that means Leuven legend Andy King has left. I can't believe it. What an impact he had on on the league. <laughs> I actually thought he'd do. I thought he'd actually might play a game, but no, I don't think he even played a game. 
I can't remember. I did say I think they could do with another central midfielder. I think they're slightly light in that position at the moment. But in terms of kind of the state of the club, like like I said, those three players kind of staying, it's just really key because that's kind of like a core, your goalkeeper, your creative midfielder and your striker. Like They're always going to score goals with like Messi and Henry. They've got a really good manager. Mark Beers as well. I think he did such a good job with them last year. I think I don't think they'll suffer from a second season syndrome, but I don't think they're going to be better. I think they're going to be the same. Maybe a slight drop off here and there, but at the moment, yeah, I think they they could do with a little bit more business in the transfer window. But if I'm taking it just on face value at the moment, I think it's going to be a very similar season for them. They'll score. They'll pick up some points against the big boys with a couple of surprises. They'll beat the teams that they probably should beat and just end up around mid-table I think. Scott what's your view on Leuven? Yeah I I agree with absolutely all of that Ben I do have a slight worry for them and that's really just based on the fact that I'm not sure they've they've strengthened really. I think the squad is 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 probably not weaker like you say they've they've cleared out a lot of the fringe players which is always a good thing so the squad on the whole actually is a bit smaller which is never a bad thing and they've held on to as you were saying um, Thomas Henry very important. You know Mark Rice came out a few weeks ago actually and, and was very open and said look I don't know whether we're going to be able to hold on to him or not. We just need to wait and see. Um, so he was clearly being kind of pragmatic about it. Xavier Messi has extended his contract again, massively important to them as well. So offensively, they you know their their main players are still there. I just worry in, in not kind of strengthening the squad a wee bit how that's going to pan out over the course of the season. I completely agree with you. I think their season will probably be broadly the same. I, I, I think the only thing that would change that is if you know a really significant signing came in between now and, and the start of the season. But I, I just have a, a slight worry because for large patches of last season, they were very impressive actually and kind of tailed off a wee bit towards the end of the season. I just I wonder whether they can be as consistent as they were generally for the most part uh, without strengthening, but that's that's my only question mark over Leuven at the moment, really. Yeah, that's also a typical uh, Marek Bresting. He's known for his very physical uh, preseason and uh, demands of players. So by the end of the season, usually uh, their his teams deteriorate a little, yeah. but not. I don't think it was dramatic. Uh, also, I've done some research for you, Ben. Andy King played 18 minutes uh, against Hint uh, still in January, yes. uh, apparently, but that was his sole appearance, though. So, but at least he made some eighteen of the best minutes of football played. I reckon. Now, all jokes <laughs> aside, I actually, I actually do like Andy King. Uh, he used to be a quality player, um, but it was just quite funny. Just suddenly he disappeared. And largely, what what you guys said: central midfield might be an issue, but they still have a striker and a goalkeeper and someone that can feed the striker should be enough to not really get into danger. And midfield should be should be fine. Whether that's eight spot or 14. I was just thinking, yeah, like even if they sell Henry, I might just send in my own CV. I once scored 32 goals at when I was 15 years old and I reckon I could <laughs> probably score 10 with Mercier feeding me the ball. Like, I probably wouldn't even have to do anything because he'll just put it on a plate for you every single time. Like, <laughs> he's, he just seems like a striker's dream, doesn't he? Quality player, fantastic little player like to watch. And yeah, if you haven't watched any of the Pro League last year, watch Lerven and you won't even need like sound on or anything. You won't even need to know what the players look like. You'll know who we're talking about instantly when he's on the ball like he's just a magician fantastic fantastic player uh france have taken him to the euros one, one small thing there as well though of course uh, mercier has been around for quite some time in belgium and 
um, it was his first real standout season. He always was a decent player. So it's a, a slight concern there maybe then uh, as well. Like, can he repeat that? And if not, how big of an influence will that be? Yeah, well, I think that would change everything, wouldn't it? For them, if he drops off completely. Like, yeah, we kind of based our whole kind of preview on them on that, isn't it? You're thinking he'll at least be a similar sort of player. But if he drops off, Henry drops off. I don't think they will. But if they do, you'd get more concerned i think with love and, and yeah it's an interesting team to watch this season that's for sure but i think there's physical style of play as long as they've got enough points by the back end they should be safely mid table they are up against uh zoltavar again who have been very very active uh, in the transfer window scott i'll hand over to you for the dowdown and estimate well the interesting thing about zolta is of course we know now that this is going to be frankie dury's last season as head coach frankie dury who feels like he's been at zolta forever because he has in two very very long spells so i think that's a good thing for the club longer term actually that that transition because i think the certainty of that now being settled is really important i think they've been quite astute with their business actually so far there's been a good number of departures i think in the region of what 10 or 11 I think so again clearing some of the fringe players and some of the players who've come in again I think look pretty decent to me Just Van Aken come in on a free from Sheffield Wednesday I think Alessandro Serrani from, from Muscron is a very good pickup for Zalta he was arguably Muscron's best player last season um, and is just a good player I think and so I think he'll fit in there very well without too many problems and also picking up Zeno Gano as well which was a bit of a surprise to me I must say because obviously he was doing kind of quite well at Cortrike on loan as well um, so that was interesting to, to kind of see him go to a rival there a bit of spice so I think the acquisitions they've made so far have been have, have been pretty good I think Zalta are a, they're a well-equipped side as we know they, their big problem is is being inconsistent so hopefully with those those additions then they can be a bit more consistent over the course of the season I have a feeling that even though they've lost Gianni Bruno, who scored so many goals and assisted so many last season, I think uh, with the likes of Sarani and Gano in there, I think they might do all right. I have a feeling they're going to have an okay season again. Omar Gavea is still there, another good player. They've got quite a good goalkeeper as well, and Louis Boston, um, who I don't think gets the credit he often deserves. Big Louis Boston, big, big keeper. I, I feel quite positive about their season. I think they might do a little bit better than they did last year as well. And it's really just based on you know some positive acquisitions because for a long time that squad needed freshening up a bit. And I, and I think the early indications are they've, they've done that in quite a careful way without spending any money as well. So I take my hat off to, to Frankie and Zolta. He's, um, he's going out playing a blinder. Yes, I, I actually also have to admit my my thing here. I wasn't expecting to do this again going in this, but looking at it, I, I've written uh, down surprise question mark uh, for the season in, in a good way. Uh, yes, that is uh, meant in a good way. My concern with them then is, um, yeah, that defense is that it looked shaky at the beginning last season. There's been a few changes. Yeah, Van Aken, I don't really know the player too much, but for the rest, I, I'm not really convinced with who they have. On Boston, a bit like Marcia, I guess, last season he was really good. I think the seasons before he has looked less good. If he can continue that form, then um, then that should be less of a worry and could uh, solve a bit of these defensive issues. Yeah, and their midfield, like um, it's not all not that flashy, I guess, but except maybe Jean-Luc Dompe is always... Uh, 
he, he can always do something in a good way or in a horrible way. But uh, yeah, I think a strike if they go with a striker duo with uh, Gano and Vosse, I, I think that could actually work. I see that working. I see them having a reasonably good season. I agree with both of you. I think I've written down the signings look good on paper is kind of my thing. Like I look at Gano in kind of like as a direct replacement for Bluno. I know their games aren't similar, but in terms of like, you're going to get goals out of Gano after what we saw last season. I really like the signing of Lasse Vegan, uh, Lasse Vegan Christensen. They signed him from Bromby. I remember him kind of coming into the game, kind of, I don't want to say bursting onto the scene, but like he kind of exploded in Fulham and he was at Fulham. And um, I remember a friend of mine who was a Fulham fan was just raving about this guy. Then he just seemed to disappear. I didn't notice him. And then suddenly he appeared here again. And I was like, oh, there's Lasse Vegan. Like, he was great like when i used to watch him when he was really young 26 now so he's probably matured a bit bromby had a good season last year as well so it's a i think he's going to be a nice pickup looking forward to see brent sormo the christiansen uh defender right back that they signed 24 year old yeah one concern is they don't have like a out and out recognized left back i know they have played like three at the back before and stuff like that so maybe like i guess you don't necessarily you can probably put like dompe at like left wing back but I like that having that versatility in a squad. I quite like. I like that you can have someone like who can just fill in at left back and stuff like that. But yeah, I look at like the players they've gotten rid of as well. Like they've just kind of whittled down the squad a bit. They've let some fringe players go. I thought Daniel Apari was a good player for them last season, but bringing in Solani, they don't necessarily need to keep Apari. His wages will be probably quite high anyway. Like based just on kind of like previous contracts and stuff that he's had yeah like scott mentioned govia keeping him's great yeah yoris you said it with luke jean-luc dompe the amount of times i remember them on that terrible pitch playing just the most boring game of football and suddenly he'd just like score a goal on the counter attack or something so yeah if they can if the squad on paper matches up with how this can like be as good on the pitch i think they'll be good if the pitch is good as well and they can play some football on that pitch this season, that'll also help them, I think. So Well the good news is they relayed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About bloody time. <laughs> yeah. They heard us. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, there's another player I will mention later on from Zorta that I'm intrigued by, but I'll save him for later. We'll tease that one out. You've probably all have forgotten that I said this by the time we get to that section of the podcast. But yeah, I think should have a better season. In my opinion, I agree with you guys, but let's kind of see because sometimes signings look good on paper and they just don't work out. Let's move on to Gano's former club, Kortrijk. Joris, I'm going to go to you on this one. So Kortrijk, what you kind of, what do you see in them? Transfers, state the club, all that sort of stuff. This was another quite big question mark, but again, one that I think did quite good business with the means they have, because we all know they, they're also a bit struggling financially. But with the means they have, they, they've done quite a good job. They brought in quite a few players on a free. I, they also brought in uh, Marcos Moreno for in, on a loan. And I think that uh, is a really good signing. He was really good um, last season at Lommel, I believe. They've done well. Of course, they won't have a Gano, but well, a gay was not so bad. And they also just signed... They did sign another striker. It, it's coming out of nowhere. But he, has a, he had a really cool name. Uh, Charles Yesaya Herman, I believe. He's a full one, but that 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 remains to be seen. But for the rest, like their squad is, it's not too big, it's not too small. A bit like last season, maybe like they might be a bit colorless, but that shouldn't. In this case, that might not be bad for them. So that I think they will be okay and yeah, have an okay season. Not nothing 
no real outlier to the top or the bottom is what I have in mind. Yeah, I think I think Yoris is uh, kind of right with his analysis. I would agree with that. I think the interesting thing with Katrike worth mentioning as well is, you know, he was talking about the, the acquisitions that they, they, they brought in were quite good for very little money. And, and I would agree with that. That was always going to be the case, of course, as well, because they're building a new training centre. And there's also some renovations at the stadium going on as well. There's a new kind of family stand and, and hospitality areas going in, which all look very nice, by the way. We've seen the design drawings and us guys here at the BFP are um, looking forward to coming to visit them because um, they look very nice. I think Katrike am a very good coach actually. I'm a bit of a fan of Luca Elsner's. I think he, um, Luca knows his stuff I think and I think he he's one of those coaches that's very good I think at getting extra extra gains out of players. Intelligent use of data as well. Um, so you know a, a forward thinking coach. I think I think they'll have a decent season. I do. I think they've, um, they've, they've had a good pre-season as well. Um, a lot of the players have had some some downtime as well and have had a decent holiday. Um, so small things like that actually might give Kurtrike a little head start on on other teams. Um, so we'll need to keep an eye on that. But yeah, I think um, Kurtrike are looking okay at the moment. Yeah, I think I really like the signing of Kevin van der Deesch in midfield on a free. I thought that's a great pickup. He's just come off the back of a really good season playing a, a high-tempo Gagan pressing style. And he didn't look out of place in that I think he's actually quite a good press of the football from what I've seen of him I think he knows the league he's combative he gets up and down kind of like a box-to-box midfielder I think he's a nice little signing for them I like Faiz Selamani the um, Comoran 27-year-old winger I quite liked him last season I agree with Yoris I like Gay I think uh, Papi Habib Gay is a good good player as well one kind of question mark I have around Kortrike that I know it generates a lot of kind of social media interactions for them is any time they put Luchman Hakim on any sort of video or anything ah. like that. And <laughs> I want to see some more of this kid. He's 19 years old. I know that he probably wasn't ready last season. We saw like bits and pieces of him kind of playing reserve football and stuff like that. But part of me is like, if the squad's small, if like they're relying on other stuff, they've got a coach and Luca Elsner who hopefully will look at him and think, yeah, we can use this kid in some way because I'm so intrigued by him. The hype yeah. around him's great. And it's just cool to see like a Malaysian player. Like you just, we just don't get to see these sort of players all the time and stuff like that. So yeah, he's like kind of, he's on my list of someone I want to see this season, but I'm not sure if I will see this season. But yeah, I agree. And like, yeah, Yusiaja Hermann, the Ghanaian German from Wolfsburg's second team that came over. I think we'll see some of him as well. Like looking at their strike force and kind of like their attacking players, I think he's going to play. I, don't, I think it'd be quite bizarre if he didn't play, just looking at the strength and depth there and stuff like that. Look, Lukman actually to come back to him he, he scares me a bit and then like in a way that's like the existence of this spot is it is it really he, he lets me question that because he had a video where he just went uh, I think he didn't play any second but he had a video where he went back to Malaysia for some international game I think and he was just biking and stuff like that nothing was really going on and I think that video reached numbers that we can only dream of with all our episodes combined <laughs> if we, even if we go on for the rest of our lives yeah. so if Lufman's listening and he fancies coming on the podcast we are more than happy to have you <laughs> for sure yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get the kettle on yeah. or, or even better I'll open a beer I think like if he does play and scores, like just imagine the reaction that he'll get next time he goes back. <laughs> that's an ideal solution to my uh, question. Yeah, of course. like that's the thing. I want it. I want to see him play. I don't want it just to be like, oh, we're getting all these clicks and stuff, but we don't play him. Like, let's get him on the pitch. Let's let's see what he can do. Um, I think it'd be interesting. I've got them kind of 
is doing worse this season, but I'm prepared for them to be the same or better. Like I just I just don't really know. I haven't really got a grasp on it. I think I trust Elsner and I trust kind of the players that they have there to be fine. Mm. Is kind of how I look at it. I think they'll be fine. And yeah, like Scott said, I'm looking forward to going, getting out there, hopefully visiting and seeing kind of the work that they're doing. A random fun fact in the, or fun question for you guys in the middle of it all. Did Lukman play more minutes or less minutes than Andy King last season? <laughs> I'm going to say less. <laughs> I think it's I'll, less. Say, I'll, say, I'll say more. I was instinctively thinking it must be more, surely. It, it, it's 16. And if I remember right, uh, Andy King was 18. Wow. So <laughs> less. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope that but okay it. sorry for no, sight, that. right? that's that's, <laughs> amazing uh let's hope for some more let's hope for some more <laughs> we now come to our first promoted team we are with selang and i will take this one and as i've taken this one i've realized i've got to say one of probably the hardest names to pronounce that we have i mean mike tressel's other last name was hard but i think this guy's just up there so yeah Salang. kind of everyone who listened to us last year will know people who don't know they have a link with Mets um not uncommon in Belgian football for them to have links with French teams especially so yeah they loaned a quite a few players you'll have probably heard of Mikotadze we spoke about him a lot everyone's kind of spoken about him a lot he's not come back but yeah they got Abli Jallo. he's come back which is good I thought he was quite good for them last season. I'm a little bit concerned that they lost Ibis Spares at right back. I thought he was a really, really good player for them, especially in the playoffs. He was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, without Mikatadze, you are slightly worried about them uh, in terms of scoring goals. They've still got Ali Sonogo, but is he going to be able to replicate what Mikatadze done? But then they have signed a striker in Marius Muandidilmaji, former Porto B-man, spent time in Portuguese football. And with a name like that, I'm already excited to see him play. Uh, he's a Chadian player. And yeah, I guess he's going to have to start like looking at their squad, looking at kind of their striking options. There's not a lot there um, at the moment. So he is definitely going to be need to need to hit the ground running, I think, for them. But let's see. I hope he does. I think he's a kind of that's the thing with Belgian football, you get these really interesting signings. In terms of the state of the club, so I think kind of an interesting one in that it's not often that when you get promoted your manager leaves and it's not often that your manager doesn't leave to go to another managerial role but ends up as a kind of like backroom staff member somewhere else. And <laughs> it's all a bit strange. Uh, they have brought in Jordi Condom. He knows the league, uh, former Urban man, managed a couple of other clubs as well. Yeah, looking at their squad, they've got a couple of players that I like like still Gerard Kaloita at fullback, really exciting attacking fullback, uh, drives them forward quite often. Teo Piero in midfield as well, quite a fan of him. As I've already mentioned, Jallo's back on loan as well. So Condom has his work cut out as kind of what I've put here. I hope that they will just remain entertaining. They were entertaining last year. They were entertaining in the playoffs. Just be entertaining, please. Like don't completely change everything, kind of your philosophies and that. Just still come and give us that entertaining football. They really haven't signed that many players. They've kind of let some fringe players go apart from Ibis Fairs as well. So it's not like they've lost key, key players but I expect them to struggle. When I, I was just kind of thinking how to approach them in terms of better, same or worse, and I was like, well, let's compare them to last year's promoted teams who did really well. And I, they don't, on paper, in my mind, have the quality of a beer shot or a Leuven, and especially then losing the manager, you lose a bit of continuity there. So if they can avoid automatic relegation, I think that's a great season. But even if they make the playoffs again, I think they'd fancy themselves in the playoffs after last year with that experience. And come January, maybe they can get some more players in depending on the position they're in and stuff like that. Maybe in the next couple of days, they can get some 
more players in that maybe know the league and stuff like that. But yeah, I expect them to struggle, but I'm hoping for a surprise and some entertainment along the way. Joris, what's your kind of opinion on Serang? Well, for me, this was uh, not having watched much uh, of 1B last season, this was and still is uh, the the biggest unknown factor in all, in all the teams. I, I, ca- I cannot really say much. I do, based on everything, I think they will have a a difficult season um, and, and I agree that they will probably be happy if they yeah, don't get relegate, relegated that for sure that that would be a success and indeed the playoffs maybe already could be yeah and um, I'm curious about Marius Morandi Omaji of course um, but for the rest um, that just rolled off your, I, I, I just don't know them too much that just rolled off your tongue I, I've been training yeah, all yeah, day so that rolled off your tongue like <laughs> fantastically I like stumbled over it and just oh, the delivery is fantastic I've been I've, I've been practicing I must say I've been practicing uh, since the day signed a few days ago I think you know Joris mentioned the word unknown and it's a bit of an unknown quantity really I mean it's very difficult to, to kind of work out how they might do I think the one thing for me in thinking about it is there are a lot of very good players in that squad technically I think players who are probably underrated which leans me towards thinking they might do okay it's just whether it comes together for them or not and how they respond to a new manager of course even though he does have some experience Ben mentioned losing spheres to, to Mechelen that's a bit of a loss because as Ben was saying he's a good player and they are light at that right back position as well. You know, Francesco D'Onofrio is the only other recognised right back there. And um, that's worth pointing out. But there's some really good players in there. I mean, I, you know, Abli Yallo, really good player. I'm a fan of Antoine Bernier as well. I think he's a he's a really fine player. And the other big unknown, possibly the biggest one, coming back to Marius Mouandelmaje, is will he score anything like the number of goals that uh, Mikatadze did last season because if he gets anywhere close to that then they're probably going to be okay Jordi Condom was saying yesterday actually interestingly that he's still expecting four or five to come in he was quite honest about that which I find quite refreshing so there's obviously a lot going on behind the scenes a lot of phone calls and uh, Zoom conferences with colleagues at um, Mets which is good um, so I would certainly expect some more faces to come in. But I think technically there's a lot of really good players there. So I kind of feel optimistic, but without knowing whether there's anything founded in that yet, I think we just need to wait and see. But I'm, I'm kind of quite excited because they were they were so good in footballing terms on the pitch in, in that playoff game. And although some of those players have left, there's a core there that I think are still still kind of quite good. Yeah, I also wanted to use the word excited for like excited for, to find out more about how it goes and uh, how to see this how this adventure for them goes yeah no definitely i think you kind of hit the nail on the head both of you there and i think with the idea about them being technically good that's what i noticed the most in that playoff game was their technical level was as good if not better than the beveren technical level in terms of the technicality Mm. of some of their players like at some points they were playing them off the park they were that good at moving the ball and their movement was great and their desire was great so yeah interested to see and like i've said i just whatever happens be entertaining like you were entertaining last season let's be entertaining again let's move on to beer shots last season's promoted team started really well then lasada left then tisa dali left and they kind of just petered out a little bit Scott, I'll go to you on this one. What what do you see in Bearshot this season coming up? Well, we know they're trying to consolidate, you know, second season syndrome. Board at Bearshot were very concerned about maintaining their, their status, obviously, which led to the, the managerial change. Peter Mass has come in, which happened pretty much overnight. And remember, we were talking about it a number of weeks ago now, guys. We were as surprised as anybody because it's very unusual in football for a change like that to come about without any whispers kind of getting out. So that, that was a big surprise. 
guys. I think bringing Peter Mass in is probably quite a good thing. You know, they're looking for some experience, somebody who knows the league very well, just to maintain their their status. So I think that's on the whole kind of quite a smart move. When you look at the arrivals so far, there's been a slight emphasis on tightening up at the back as well. You know, the the, the Greek uh, defender uh, Constantopoulos came in for undisclosed fee, and uh, Thibaut de Smet coming in as well from Remont on loan. So Peter Mass is obviously trying to kind of shore up the back door, which I think was a good idea because, you know, that was obviously a criticism that was levelled at Beershot by us on more than one occasion last season that, you know, they were great to watch for the first half of the season uh, while Lasada was still there, but, you know, were a bit suspect at the back and, and defensively, I think there there's a bit more depth there. Up front, they look okay. They're a little bit light in midfield for my liking. I think they're a wee bit too reliant on on Holzhauser now. I think they need to to help him out a little bit. He's he's such an important player for them, and it's it's good that he's going to be going to be hanging around. I have a general feeling they're going to be okay. I think Peter Mass's sides always play decent football. I think you know they don't they don't knock your socks off, but when they play quite well, they you know they they do make you smile. So I think they might they might do slightly better than they did last season, and I think if they can maintain their status, which which I think they well, I don't have any worries about that really, then I think they'll 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 be very happy with their with, with their season. I don't think they will do as good as last season, but going in again, like uh, I've had a lot of pre-genesis that that I had to reconsider going in. It's not so bad as I thought. I, I was thinking indeed second season second season syndrome. Yeah, this one I can't <laughs> pronounce it. It it's it's uh I don't think it will really happen. Their, their squad is all right. Indeed, they could use some more in midfield, but you can also not say that uh, if if nothing happens, they they have a good um, and uh, one of the better at the midfield centers in the in the league with Sanusi and Holzhauser and Peter Mati. Yeah, but still, they might have to do something there. My slight concern is they brought in Thibaut Smith, uh, a left back, but he's also the only left back that uh, that they have. I, they might need someone else there just to have a, a second option if they don't have anyone ready in a, in a development squad. Of course, um, we were maybe sometimes losing sight of, of these things. Maybe some, yeah, just someone in central midfield. And I'm just saying um, like slightly less good as last season, which was, I believe, ninth. So barely missing out on the playoffs. I think it will be, yeah or below yeah but not more in the regional around 10 still than than really low i think i agree with both of you i think i was telling you both before we started recording and we had to kind of do a little bit of research because we just weren't sure if kulabali was coming back or not like it had been agreed that it was a certain length of loan but i think yoris you kind of explained it to us earlier you kind of you renew those loans even if you agree in principle that's going to be two three years you have to renew them and we're trying to work out if they'd been renewed because you took him out and it was really light in midfield. And yeah, I think him coming back in like kind of settles my nerves a little bit about them. Like, um, as you guys know, I'm a big fan of Ryan Sanusi as well. I think he's such an important player for them in terms of doing the bit that Holzhauser doesn't always like to do. Yeah, I agree about the left-back situation. They have previously used to play like the three at the back with like a wing-back. So the Smet will be asked to do quite a bit. I don't know much about Leon Krakovic, the Hajduk split 21-year-old that they signed the Croatian. Uh, he can play left wing, so maybe he is going to line up in that in that position and offer it as a left wing back. Not too sure. Don't quote me on that one. As a fan of African football, I'm also really intrigued to see uh, Abraham Okiere 
18-year-old uh, Ghanaian. He's kind of on my list <laughs> in the central midfield positions. Whether or not he's kind of going to be in the development squad or be in the first team, not too sure yet. We'll have to kind of wait and see on that one. But he kind of adds something there. I think going forward, yeah, I think they're fine because I like Suzuki. If Nabusi can come back and stay fit, they're fine. Eleke, I'm not sure on. I'm really not sure on Eleke when he's come on, like whether he's had as big an impact as he could. Maybe he'll have more of an impact this year. Like he could just, it could just be a good season for him this season. But the drop off between those guys does slightly concern me with Nabisi's kind of injury history and the way last year they're playing two up front. But again, Peter Mass may completely change that and just stick to the one up front uh, with Suzuki, which should work and should be fine. Uh, they've got a good goalkeeper as well, Mike Van Hamel. Uh, they needed to improve defensively because they were one of the they were I think the worst defensive team weren't they 64 goals last season they were just lucky that they scored an absolute bucket load also the players that they've got rid of like fringe players again and we've seen quite a lot of that all on threes they haven't bought in any money off of those guys like all gone on free transfers but I think again good to kind of freshen up the squad a bit kind of get rid of some players that aren't really going to play I completely agree with both all of both of you on your prediction for them I've got probably worse but not by much could add some more players got a good coach so I think another mid-table finish uh, for Beershot which I think on the whole they should be happy with and it'll be nice for their fans to be able to come back in to the stadium and watch them playing in the pro league um, that'd be really nice because they missed out on some classic games last season didn't they that Beershot had which is such a shame let's move on to a side that really disappointed last season and will certainly want to have a better season this year in Circle of Brugge yeah Circle again I suppose unknown quantity I think is the right word really to use as we know I think sort of 10 10 departures so far uh, six of them loans ending as well Uh, some of them were big players for them as well you know so they've lost Pavlovic uh, uh, Bates Ugbo you know a a bit of a loss I think Marshallam Bianconi and Masaba as well you know they were all in their own way kind of quite influential uh, last season the one really encouraging thing I've seen from what Circle have been doing over the summer is trying to um, sort out that defence you know make, make that a bit stronger and in terms of the incoming so far you know there's a new centre back uh, Jesper Dalens come in 21 year old Norwegian player you know I think that's a good acquisition Senna Mayangi's come in left back as well again I think that's quite good Souza from Botafogo as well so they're, they're really trying to strengthen and build from the back and I think that's kind of a good sign because in a creative sense offensively when you look at the rest of that squad I, I, I think there's, there's a good amount of quality there, you know. We know about Dino Hotic, good player. Kevin Denke again didn't do too badly last season. I'm a big fan of Olivier Deman actually. I think he's a good player. I think Vitinho as well, right back, a bit of quality there. I I have my gut feeling about Circle is that I think they could have a better season than than we expect. There's probably going to be some more loan players coming in just to kind of complicate things because of their, their relationship with Monaco, of course, which most people will know about. But I just have this feeling that if they address what's going on at the back, which is seems to be what they're concentrating on then you know the the rest of things will largely look after themselves because they're you know creatively in the middle of the park and certainly offensively they're not bad at all really so I, I feel kind of quite quite optimistic about the season they might have so I, I've marked them down as, as as slightly better yeah same here the way I see it is I see it quite similar I like kind of the players that they brought in at the back but I, I am still concerned about them at the back because I thought the centre-backs they had last year were kind of quite good <laughs> it sounds quite a weird thing to say but yeah. like, they were actually quite good yeah like Marcelin Pavlovich Bates I thought like they were really crucial in like keeping them up 
at the back end. So that's why I have slight concerns. I'm excited to see Jesper Darland for sure, 21-year-old, like you said. A couple of others as well. Yeah, I like them at fullback. I think they've got good fullbacks. Again, yeah, I love them in central midfield. Hannes van der Bluggen, I like him. Frank Canute, I like him in there. Hogas, I like. Who else you got? Hotich, yeah. Like you said, I like I like that central midfield. I think it's a strong central midfield. But they definitely need another striker. Poor yeah. Kevin Denke. Like, if he gets injured and they haven't signed like I don't know do you play the man up front do you I don't know because like yeah like last year you could have probably got away with putting Anthony Masaba up front yeah. at a push at a push and only maybe for one game but do you want to be doing that for longer so that's that's like their one area concern one area I did highlight that they're actually really struggling is the goalkeeping position Tom Adidion's great great goalkeeper Vardison's actually a really good goalkeeper as well and I just wanted to give a massive shout out again because he's still on their team sheet and he's still yeah. battling away as Miguel Van Damme yeah. uh, what a human yeah. being he is absolute amazing human being if you don't know his story I won't go into too much detail here but yeah just look him up find if you don't follow him on social media I I would definitely follow him. Him on Instagram is just, yeah, he's such an inspiration battling against the illness that he is and the fighter that he is. And congratulations to him. Actually, he had a kid recently. Uh, his wife gave birth, I think it was a couple of months ago. So yeah, just want to give a congratulation to him and just kind of wish him all the best. And it's just great to see his name still on that team sheet for Circle. But yeah, like you said, Scott, the loans will complicate things. And I think that's where I'm, I'm always concerned if you're so reliant on these loan players and the whim of a bigger club in Monaco it's just such a concern and last year it just didn't go as well like the players they got in on loan were great but it just it just didn't work after like it started really well and then just fell apart really quickly and it always then concerns you like okay like is this because that all the players are just on loan they don't unfair to say they don't care I don't think that's a thing but that's an argument you could have so I think Eve will be on the phone to the principality and saying <laughs> can I have a striker if you can't spare Ben Yedder I'll take Kevin Volland <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll do a job for us there, there must be a striker there that they can take I'm sure there's going to be a good player from let's them. hope so yeah he's just a backup striker that's all they really need because I think Kevin Denke's good enough to lead the line. I've put down that they should do better, but I'm concerned about the lack of strikers at the moment. Let's move on to the next club, which is Ustend, who had a fantastic season last year. Joris, what are your thoughts on them this season round, given kind of their transfer window activity and just kind of the state of the club? The thing is, I fear they, they can only do worse because of the because of the great season they had last season and nothing else. Uh, it will be difficult to replicate that. Bliss in state, so that uh, we always we always said that uh, this this uh, is the main man for them. Though I, I guess we'll find out this season um, what he's really worth. A second season in a, a charge of a club, he doesn't need to do exactly the same or achieve the same result as last season. But if he still can achieve a season in mid table, I think that everyone will be happy there. I'm a little bit worried for them. I think there's there's not that much depth in their squad. For now, they didn't get a replacement for Sakala at the time being. As, I, as far as I can see, uh, I might be wrong. But yeah, and also then the rumors, I, I think at least one of Theata and Henry will will still leave the club. They did already get Zach Medley as a replacement for one of these. In case both of them would leave, I, I think they might have some issues. And um, also another concern is, uh, again, this one season thing. Guillaume Hubert had a really good season overall um, in, in goal. But he hasn't been proven the most reliable goalkeeper even last season. But it has shown more in seasons before. Will he keep up with uh, with his good season, uh, all in all, of last season or not? Well, it might be 
pivotal to the to their season. And yeah, of course, they they, they had a lot seen have seen a lot of people uh, moving out. Um, I'll, I'll let you guys touch on that in in more detail. But and not that many people bring it brought in, and I, I expect some more transfer activity. I think the big question really is: Can Lightning strike twice? What an amazing season they had last year! Um, can can they even go close to that? That's that's what we don't know. I think you know Joris was talking there about the, the the players have left. I think they have lost a bit of quality. Andrew Hulsager, quite an important player to them last year. Obviously, he's gone. He's gone to Ghent. Yellow Batai, he's gone to Antwerp as well. You know, I think I think that's another loss. Van den Dries, you know, good work great right in the middle of the park there. Although I think his replacement in Kenny Rocca Santos is 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 pretty decent. Zek Medley is a really really good pickup, I think, and that comes back to what yours was saying about possibly either Tiati or, or Jack Henry leaving as well, although we hope they both stay, I think, because defensively I think, you know, that's obviously where they're where they're the strongest to stand. I agree with Yoris, I think they, they do need another striker. They did bring in Michael Byron uh, from Nonsi parent club. Um, part of the Pacific group as well but of course he's he's gone back there on loan for this coming season so he won't be around for a little while. I, I have a feeling that they, they'll do alright but I, I've put them down as probably to do slightly worse just because I, I, I don't know whether you know the players that have come in will be able to, to fit the system and perform to the same level, that's what we don't know yet. There's no reason why they shouldn't, having said that, we've got to be honest because brilliant manager and Alexander Blessing there, our manager of the year last year, in fact every Everybody's manager of the year rightly so and of course it's the system they play it's that gegen pressing system the way that they set up that's that's king that's that's more important than the individual players so if they if the acquisitions who come in buy into that as well as the players who came in at this time last year did then then they could have an okay season it's going to be a really interesting one because i enjoyed watching them a lot last season um really good team and um, really play as a team and it'll be interesting to see if they can they, they can rekindle that but they've, they've definitely got a chance because they've held on to play I, I want to quickly jump in and actually adjust my statement. I, I think I've been actually a bit too positive when I'm now going into it a bit more. I actually do see some real trouble for them. They also need some more players in midfield. I already touched on the squad depth, but now I'm going to touch on a few areas, I guess. And in midfield, I think they need some more players. And also another potential worry is like Blessing Style it demands a lot of the players and they've had a long season. Often with such styles, it doesn't always work in the second season with the same player. So that could be a good thing. And then again, I'll, I'll, I guess I'm walk, uh, running in circles here, but if they bring in some more new players and indeed they are willing to fo- completely follow Blessing in, in, in this coaching philosophy, they might be fine, but it's a big question mark for me. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think... Yeah, like you said, Scott, they're such a joy to watch last season. The players they've lost, I'm a bit concerned about. Hul Saga especially, I thought he's quite underrated. I did think it was quite bizarre that they signed Biron and just sent him straight back out on loan when they clearly needed players in that position. I thought that was a bit bizarre. Also, I thought it was a bit bizarre. They obviously picked up Mamadou Tiam uh, mm. last season and he's gone out on loan when I thought they bought him to be Sakala's replacement. That, that's kind of how I imagined it. He had come on for Sakala. Like, the way they operated, it was quite it was quite obvious how they operated it. And that's kind of, that's what I've looked at. When I've looked at this squad, I've like, okay, the strikers, you've got a gig and Kvasina. They weren't used together. You don't play those two together. They did the same things. That's what Blessing wanted to do. They were slightly different players. They did dif- they have slightly different qualities, but in a way they were used in the same way. Like they're tall strikers. 
who helped like link the play and stuff like that. I'm a big fan of Mata Gay. I was really impressed with him last season, but he worked because Sakala worked and Kavasina when he was on work because Sakala worked. So that's the position I'm worried about. I don't think there is anyone in that position that they've brought in. They could find that within the squad with Indy Boonen. They could use Indy Boonen in that position, I think, but he's no fashion Sakala and that's my concern. Like we saw glimpses of Indy Boonen playing that position near the back end of the season. And I like he's some nice touches, some nice moments and stuff like that. Uh, he's still like 22 years old, so he can do that. But is he going to be able to do it for the whole season? Like Yoris said, this is a, it's tiring how they play. And they had the players that they could do that with. Like McGeehan is an all energy player, but he didn't play every game because then Van Andriessen would play and he'd like play those too. But I do like some of the, like, I still think they've got some quality players, especially that back kind of back three of Teata, Hendry and Ton, like that's a good back three if they can keep those two three together. If not, I hope to see Zach Medley just slot straight in uh, into one of those positions. Max and Diapino as well in this like, holding position. I thought he was quite good for them last year. But yeah, I don't really understand. <laughs> I don't understand the, <laughs> the Byron and the Tiam stuff. That doesn't really make any sense to me, which it suggests to me that they've got players that they're going to, they know who there's someone else out there that they want to bring in. I just don't really know who at this moment in time. I, but again, I think I've kind of written here that I think they'll do worse just because they did so well last season. But Blessing could surprise us. And I feel like they will just find a player for that position and suddenly. Like, I remember last year they signed Matt again. I was like, why are they signing this guy? Like, I looked at his kind of stats and data and I was like, that doesn't look very impressive. But then I saw him play. I was like, oh no, this works. It fits the system. So yeah, that's why I think they won't panic into getting anyone in. They want them to fit into that system. and Because it... It won't work if they bring in a player that doesn't want to do that and doesn't want to play in that way because then it, the whole kind of system falls apart. So long story short, I agree with both of you. And the striker position is definitely a concern for me. But fingers crossed, I want them to do well because I like Blessing. And I kind of fear if it starts to go a bit wrong by January, does he want to stick around or will he get the offers mm. and will he go? And then it's a big, big concern because if he's not there like someone comes in are they going to continue his philosophy or not that's my kind of two cents on them and i'll take this the start on this next one which is charlawa who yeah unlike east end had a pretty tragic season they started off brilliantly were fantastic and then fell off a cliff like well i think fell off a cliff is probably a generous way of basically nosedived as fast as possible <laughs> off a cliff and like plummeted towards the earth as quickly as possible finishing 13th they yeah i did didn't win a game for ages. They've understandably had a massive kind of rejig rethink. Edward Still, as we've mentioned previously, is coming as manager. I guess their kind of big signing in terms of the one I was really impressed with and knew about was Herf Coffee. Uh, they brought in Herf Coffee, former Musclon goalkeeper last season, who was really impressive. I know at, by the back end of the season, he struggled a little bit, but I think he was just knackered from <laughs> trying to do everything that he was asked to do there. And I think it's just a, that's such an upgrade on what they had in Penetau and Deschamps, uh, who both left now, so it makes sense. And they got him for like 500,000 euro, I think it was. So that's a great signing. They bring in Abubakara Keita on loan from Leuven, which is a really interesting signing because... I know that myself and the good Dr. Mukherjee as well were really looking forward to seeing Keita play for Leuven last season after what he'd done in 1B, but it just 
never really materialized. He was just never in the squad. He's never really there. So he's coming on loan, kind of like a fresh start for him. So I think he'll be really interesting. I know yours, I'll leave some of these players for you because I know you've got a couple of players you want to talk about that they've brought in, especially that were on kind of Genk's radar as well. One area of concern massively, I think they've got a good defense. I think they've got a good midfield. I like what they've got in midfield. It's the striker position that I'm really concerned about because the only recognized striker that they have is Shamar Nicholson. Shamar's a good player. A uh, physical player gets and puts himself about. He'll work hard. He'll put in a complete shift, but he can't be the only striker that you have in a squad. I think that's just asking too much of him. I don't. Yeah, it's just then it's, you're asking where the goals are coming from. Like I've written down here, is it going to be goals by committee? So <laughs> are you then looking at Fallon Golizadze and saying these are the guys we're looking at? Uh, we're looking at Marioka to create for these guys as much as possible. Like because they're strong on the wings, they're strong in central areas. I think they're good. They're reasonably good at the back. They've brought in some defenders as well. They've strengthened in there. Uh, they actually brought in a player that I'm quite interested to see in, Stefan Knazevich, uh, who comes from Luzon in uh, Switzerland. And I was just looking up their defensive record to just kind of a look. And did you know they were one of the only three teams in that league that had a positive goal difference? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what happened in the Swiss Challenge League or Super League last season, as it's known. But yeah, only three teams had a positive goal difference. And they were one of them. So that's always a good sign. I've gone for them being better than last year, but I think it will still be a mid-table finish. I don't think we're going to see them pushing playoffs or anything like that just based on their lack of striker if they can bring in a striker then maybe but I'm not massively convinced with them at the moment you're so good to you because I did just mention you about I know you're interested in some of the players that they brought in Yes, yes, uh, I'll, I'll get to that. I will drop it now. So I think already uh, it's a bit early to say we will all do that um, later on in this episode. I think Adam Zorgan has the potential to be the transfer of the season. He indeed was rumored at Genk as well. And what I've seen on YouTube, and of course, you should not do that, but we all do judge uh, a player um, based on YouTube, especially a player coming from a smaller league with a lot of uh, space. And that's my Small concern still, uh, but that's a concern with every transfer out of such leagues. Can he do it in a place where there is less space? There, he really was dominating the midfield, physically uh, quite strong and with a lot of vision. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering and curious uh, what he will do. I do see outside of the striker position that Ben already touched on, I see another uh, position of concern, which is the right back. They only have Yunus Bahadir uh, here. Well, well, talking about Henk, he, he went for, uh, from the Henk uh, development squad last winter. And I don't think he featured. Yeah, that's the only right back they have for now. He's 18 years old. I, I was quite disappointed that he left Henk. So I'm, I'm, I'm not uh, doubting his qualities. And uh, I would like to see him play. But yeah, they, they just don't have anyone else. So that, that's another area of concern for me. And I do think that they indeed need a striker. Um, they, they could also easily be in trouble if not, despite having maybe the signing of the season for me and uh, also having coffee. That's indeed definitely at least a goalkeeper position should be all right. Although, uh, of course, Muskoon actually went down with coffee in goal, so that's a bad omen. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing with Charleroi for me when, I, when I've been looking at this is it would be difficult not to do better than they did last year. Um, so I have them down to do a little bit better as well. It's really hard to assess this, I think, because not that much has changed. Obviously, a new manager's come in, Ed Stills come in. We don't know what formation he's going to want them to play, really. We don't know what style they're going to play. It's, it's kind of a, it's it's basically a reset, but with by and large the same squad. Herve the Cat, Coffee, 
um, is a brilliant addition, I think. I think that is genuinely an upgrade um, in goal. There's no doubt about that. The striker issue, I completely agree with both of you. I mean, that's, that's you know, the alarm bells are ringing there. I mean, who's who's going to score the goals? You know, as Ben was saying, Shamar can't do it all on his own. Definitely not. So it's just really difficult to know. I have a slight worry about them because if... If it doesn't work for them quite early, then I think they're going to be in a spot of trouble, to be honest with you. So um, although they've got a bit of time to, to bring some others in at the moment, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a bit sort of, I feel a bit ambivalent about them, which is kind of funny because I'm the guy who said early on last season, I'll remind you all again, that they would probably win the title because at that time they were <laughs> absolutely flying out of all the windows and traps. And look what happened there. So to be, yeah, to be fair, like if you go back to them, they were, they were really good weren't they back then? Like they had goals in them. They were playing really nice football. Like it was all good, all rosy. And then yeah, it completely fell apart. So they're one to watch, I think, as the transfer window winds up because there's no way they can go, they can end August without a striker being signed. Like it just, it would blow my mind if they don't sign a striker. And I'd be, yeah, I just don't understand what they'd, I don't know what they'd do because if Nicholson got injured or something like that, like you're then playing a winger probably up front. Foul could do a job. Yeah, I think we kind of all agree about that one then. Let's move on to Mechelen. And Scott, I'm going straight back to you uh, as our, (laughs) I wouldn't say Mechelen fan, but like the one with the soft spot for Mechelen. Yeah, I think they've, you know, Mechelen have been kind of quite active actually. I think there was a there was a deliberate a deliberate attempt to get a lot of business done early, which they have done, which which is good. And you know their acquisitions, I think, have been pretty decent. So five have left so far, and uh, six have come in. Um, they've strengthened up top. Everyone knows that Mechelen create an unbelievable amount of chances, and one of their issues has been kind of converting their their chances. But you know they brought in uh, Hugo Kuipers from Olympiakos, um, striker Ferdi Dreis come back. You know I think they're they're definitely all positives. So I think up, up top they're they're looking a bit more stronger in depth. So I suppose the hope was that'll that'll convert into converted chances. I think at the back I think they're looking okay. I mean they've they've brought in we mentioned earlier Bears who was at Sarang. He's he's come over to. To Mechelen, and I think that's a really good acquisition for them actually, especially to get them on a free because you know there's a bit of quality there. I think I think the squad at Mechelen's actually looking not too bad, and I like the fact that they're signing a lot of young Belgian talent. Been very honest and upfront about that. I think that's a that's a good sign longer term for the club as well, and I think key players are are still there. They haven't lost anyone massive importance, really, I don't think. The one unknown factor at the moment is we don't know what's happening with Marianne Schwed. The club would like to bring him back. He would like to come back, but he appears to have disappeared um, and, and kind of gone AWOL. He has two years left on his Celtic contract at the moment, so unless Mechelen and Celtic can reach an agreement about him coming back on loan, which is their preference, because I don't think they can afford a permanent deal, then it doesn't look like he'll be coming back so we need to kind of keep an eye out see what's going to happen there I've got them marked down as doing the same as they did last year so I, th- I think they'll do okay I think playoff two would be a, a a successful season for them although the way they finished last season they, they kind of really would be disappointed not to, to to kind of reach playoff one so I think they're they're going into this season in a much stronger position than last season and I think they've learnt the lessons of this time last year when the recruitment was almost non-existent so they've remedied that that and um, we just need to wait and see if if, if that kind of pays off for them. I agree I think uh, everything is looking quite decent for Michael and um, yeah 
I literally just wrote down decent uh, for, for one word uh, description. <laughs> decent. Easy. Decent. And, uh, yeah, well, they, they've done the good business. Indeed, they brought in some Belgians. It's, uh, it's always a nice thing to see. Uh, I agree on that. I'm curious to see the Vinicius Souza as well. And um, yeah, their, their, their squad looks, uh, again, stuffed and stuffed. Yeah. All, all all positions seem to be covered. No no real issues. Uh, there's a few rumors around Storm now. If that would happen, I guess they should bring in a new new winger. Maybe they actually anyway could use one or two more uh, wing players. But for the rest, everything looks well. If anything, uh, overstaffed in some uh, positions. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, not necessarily a bad thing. Like as you said that, I was like, this is a, they have the exact opposite to what Charleroi have and that they have just have a load of strikers now don't they it's like you got Mrapti who can play there Engval Di Camargo still banging around Kuipers came in Togwi's back from loan I don't know whether he's going to stay around but he's back then Ferdi Droif as well like it's a fair amount in there yeah so my kind of two cents on them is that I think we're going to see a really good season from Ferdi Droif this year I think he showed some signs that he was getting used to it and getting used to everyone else on the team last season at the back end. And I think I'm not surprised they brought him back in. I think we're going to see some good stuff from him this year. Yeah, like you said, Scott, a lot of they did. Uh, obviously, Eva Spheres as well. I think right back is a solid position for them now. Like Sandy Walsh is a good player. Eva Spheres is a good player. There's competition for that spot. Um, that's for sure. Essentially, obviously, they lost Aster Ranks, which is like a real shame for us because he's an exciting young player. Uh, they brought in another young player back in in Janis van Hecker from Zodragem. Like you said, you have Vinicius Salza as well. Samuel Umgoe, they signed from SCR Oltak as well. Yeah, they've made some interesting signings. They've let some players go that didn't really fit in, didn't really play much for them last season. Astervanks going for £7.2 million. Pounds. Again, that's a nice bit of money that they got in. So I've got them, I said same, because I think they'll make it to playoff two again but in a better way, if that makes sense. I think they kind of like started badly and then kind of like got into it. I think they'll be a little bit more consistent. I want to see a Nicola Storm season like I saw in the playoff two. Uh, I want to see more of that from him because that is exciting. and That was fun. I want to see them playing that way again, like getting it out wide, getting players to bomb on. And I think Ibis is like he could do what Kabore was doing the season before last, which is... Harryman starts on right wing, he cuts in and then the right back just bombs it down the line and has so much space because of the way Harryman's operates. And I think you could see that with Eva Spheres. He did that quite a bit for Salang in that playoff game. He was getting up and down on that right flank. So I think that's a really intelligent signing uh, for them in there. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty impressed with what they've done. I agree with the Irish. They could probably have some more wingers in there, seeing as though that's quite a strong emphasis of their play is the wide areas. So yeah, I think it'll be a good season for Mechelen. I think they'll be a good team to watch. Igor Di Camargo will do Igor Di Camargo things. He'll probably score a nice, lovely touch goal, like a back heel or like a really good header or something like that. That will definitely be worth watching. Like He's just got a little bit of quality still in him and they are getting every little last ounce of that out of him. So that's good to see. Let's move on to another side that have done a lot of business in this transfer window. They have been super active off the pitch. Joris, I'm going to go for you to start with on Antwerp. There's going to be a lot to say about this one, I'm sure. Of course, they were involved as a 
as part of the as, as being the receiving end of uh, so far the transfer soap of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelange Balikwisha <laughs> going to to them on a hotly debated <laughs> transfer, which we will not touch on, on too much. But not the nicest way to to get a, to get a transfer via threatening with legal ways. Uh, that that's uh, all we have to say, I guess. And Ben already touched on it a bit uh, when we were talking about standard as well. Yeah, they they've done a lot of business, a lot of good business, I guess. I'm not sure what they are planning to do on the in the center back because they've brought in a few while they were already quite quite, quite stuff there. Brought in a lot of players, have a new coach. That's also always difficult for us to predict, but we have a good image of the coach. So I do see them really being involved in the title race more than they were last year as well and uh, continue their growth. There's two concerns with them. One of them is with one of the players that's still there. <laughs> And uh, one of them is uh, a bit outside of the pitch, so you you can. It's more for the situation in the club. Like they're investing a lot of money again. And well, a- apart from Hongla, which finally brought in a good sum, they haven't sold for for a lot. I think I've <laughs> hit that nail a few times uh, in the past month. Hongla is if he go, if he yeah he went for five million, I believe he is by far their highest incoming transfer. And then Baniquisha cost more. For example, already on his own, so that's already invested as well. And my on the pitch or on in the squad uh, concern is there's still Lamkolze. He's still <laughs> there. Well, he he is there. He can't train, but he's he's there. Will he get? Will they get money for him? Will he go? Will he stay? Will will one of the parties give in to the other and um, and put the, so will Antwerp give in to to Lamkolze again again? And it's difficult to say anything about that. <laughs> But uh, I guess he will probably still leave, and I think that's still best for every everyone involved, except us, uh, if we uh, like some entertainment. I think the story with Antwerp is they are another club who are in quite a good place at the moment. New manager come in again, good manager. I think he's going to be very good for them. Quite excited to see how this goes. I think. They're going to try and push quite hard for the title as they should. You know, they've been slowly but steadily building for a while now, Antwerp. Paul Gason's owner and chairman just recently invested, I think, about another eight million in the club as well. So they've they've been redeveloping the stadium and the club's facilities massively, and they're now starting to kind of invest in, on the pitch. Um, so it'd be nice to see them build upon what was a good season for them last season. We touched at the end of last season about how did they did they perhaps over overachieve slightly? We, we discussed that a while ago. I think I, I'm excited to see what they can do here, actually. I think they have a coach who, who could win them the title. There you go. There's a hot take from me. I'm not saying it'll be this season, but I think Brian Presk has experience and I think he's exactly the sort of coach that a club like Antwerp needs to take them to the next level. So I'm quite excited to see what happens there. Lots of good players in this squad, actually. Yella Batai's come in from, from Ustend, really good player. Balak Wisha, again, a good player, although perhaps not as good as he thinks he is. I hope for his sake um, he hits the ground running actually, uh, because then you know the, the, the horribleness around how his move came about will be forgotten about, at least it will be by everyone other than standard fans anyway. Ortwin de Wolves come in on a permanent deal to kind of strengthen the goalkeeping pool as well. I'm a huge fan regular listeners will know of uh, Koji Maioshi. Hopefully we'll see more of him as well. Lots and lots of reasons to be optimistic, so I'm hopeful that they can have a consistent season and um, really kind of spice up that, that top four spot. 
where they finish is going to be really, really interesting, I think. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about um, seeing what happens with the Great Old this season. I got burnt. I kind of burnt myself last season, I think, by saying, yeah, with Ivan Lecco, I think they've got a manager that could win the league. And then who knows what happened? It all just went really <laughs> weird. <laughs> but fingers crossed that's not going to happen again this time. And I'm with you, Scott. Yeah, I like their chance for business. I really like Mikel Fry coming mm. in. I think that's a fantastic, fantastic signing. With Umbakani going, you bring in a younger player who can press. Like, he is a good presser of the football. Like, at times for Bevan, he was pressing mm-hmm. on his own. So I'm excited to see him in a better team. I really like, I like his energy. I think he's, he's a hard worker. I think the Antwerp fans are going to love him. The Bevan fans loved him. Like, they really liked him. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can't really blame him <laughs> for making that move. I like that they've got strength and depth. Nuclear's gone, Rafael's gone. They're going to be misses, but I think they've got a strong squad outside of that. I do have a slight, it's not a concern, but it's kind of something I want to see in that behind fight. I want Guten Benzer to be the backup striker because we saw some signs for him at Circular that he looked really good. And then he obviously left to Antwerp and then that disappeared and went on loan. Uh, somewhere else and just like I was like oh, that's a bit strange so I'd like to see him back and kind of given a, a shot I guess It'd be interesting to see what Prisky thinks of him again there's, there's some still really strong players there midfield's quite strong quite strong defensively I'd say you want a little bit more creativity in there Balakwisha is going to add something I think he's gonna be great he could play kind of backup striker as well if you need him to uh, Nana Ampoma is still there I'll know from my club Fortuna Dusseldorf so I'm still keeping an eye on him that's for sure. Hopefully, Faris Haroon has got over his injuries and he can come back as well. That'd be really nice to see. Um, big fan of Faris Haroon, for sure. And yeah, oh yeah, and I put Didier Lamkazi still there. <laughs> um, which, who'd have thought, two weeks before the season, uh, he'd st- a week before the season, he's still there, despite having not turned up for fitness tests, because who cares about fitness tests, eh? Just a waste of time, really, aren't they? Um, so he's going to keep going as a saga. Balakwisha coming in sold a little bit of that limelight but I'm sure Lam Kalzi will make himself known that's for sure one player that they have that looks like is coming in is Yusuf from I've called Gothenburg he looks a good player he looks like a decent decent player only 20 years old played lots of games in the Asvenskan been playing with Hamshik and a couple of other decent old heads so he's definitely got bring some of that experience with him uh, he could be a really good player I've gone for the same in that they'll make playoff one I think their squad's good enough to make playoff one better is that they I don't know if they'll win the league but they should be in the title race like there should be a title race this season and they should be part of it I think they should be more consistent this year because they shouldn't have a managerial switch around halfway through they shouldn't have all these kind of weird distractions going on off the pitch yeah I think they'll be better in terms of they'll be in a title race I just don't quite think they've got enough to win the league at this moment I don't think there's enough creativity there and I think a couple of injuries to key players could really derail them a bit so they're going to be a good team to watch hopefully I'm really interested to see Brian Prisky's style don't know much about it really didn't watch much Danish football unfortunately it's kind of my two cents on a very active Antwerp side I, I agree as well especially with the creativity like when when I, once I was done talking before I, I looked it up again and like it, it's really like a real counter squad and which is not necessarily a bad thing counter, you can counter the way to the title so but just a little more touch of genius can it can sometimes yeah or break open a game and I feel like they miss a bit of mm. that 
also of course Frey, uh he has to has to prove that he's up to that level for a top team so it's still a bit of a gamble i think it's a good addition for sure but also if something would happen to him the striking position i think they after bokani now leaving i guess they might need something there and well just one small thing as well like it's even if flamkoze would go it's never going to be a quiet season <laughs> don't worry about that for people with people just tuning into the league and rip with the club where always something happens for the good or for the worst uh, they are entertaining that's for sure and i'm very excited to get there i've never been and i've heard so many good things about the city and stuff like that so i'm very excited for a trip there just for that in itself and then go to watch games and stuff so yeah very much looking forward to that the team that they should be having a title race with potentially potentially not depends how you how you view them it's club Brugge. they're the next team we want to look at they really wanted balakrisha uh but they were beaten to it by antwerp which i guess you could take that as like a quite a bad sign if you're a club Bruges fan like i know obviously antwerp offered more money but to lose out as the champions to an exciting young player that you think would want to come and play for you like that's a little bit concerning more concerning is that they haven't actually made any transfers either which i guess yeah you could say oh look they've they won the league like all rosy but the way they ended last season like we were all in agreement weren't we that they needed some fresh impetus into this squad they needed to bring some stuff in uh, obviously they've got the second team the reserve team that oh, was it frankie jury that said they could win the league as well <laughs> despite them finishing bottom of one beat <laughs> not the most accurate thing he's ever said i think it was frankie yeah. jury yeah um but there, there's some good some quality players in there ignis van der Plemp's got the permanent kind of move up to the top team obviously Daniel Perez he's been involved in I think pretty much every single preseason game he scored a couple of goals he's going to be in this he's going to be in the first team I think his days in the 1B are done which is probably would make a lot of 1B defenders happy if that one the second team was still in there they would be very happy that Daniel Perez isn't coming back uh in terms it's kind of only been outgoings really so Simon Vogt's gone to uh, PSG Zvola Emmanuel Dennis has finally left and can I just take this moment to say that I predicted this? <laughs> I predicted that Emmanuel Dennis would go to Watford a couple of months ago as just like an off comment because I was like, it's the most Watford signing. And they've done it. <laughs> they've, they've listened to me and they've they've signed him. And it's for four million, which I believe, Yoris, you might know more about this at the time, that it was kind of after the Real Madrid game where he scored and had quite a good game. People were talking about 25 million, 30 million, that sort of stuff. So... Four million is a slight decrease in that. Both of these prices are a bit ridiculous <laughs> yeah. uh, to me. Because, oh, like, if you also look at the, how the, goal, the goals there were scored, that that that, that was also not the most uh, emphatic <laughs> emphatic uh, fashion <laughs> that they finished them. And well, he's been a good player, so like, I also feel like four million is is also a mm. joke. But it comes out of he, he hasn't been performing for basically one and a half season after that game. I think, uh, apart from a few uh, flashes. But... Yeah, he was. I think after last season, his loan in Köln, like this was just kind of the move he needed. He needed to leave and go somewhere else. And I hope he does well. I really hope he does well. Like he's shown flashes. He's still young. Like he's got a good chance. But I, just, I don't know. I just don't know if Watford are the right sort of club that you want to go to. Like it's, there's such like turnover of players there. State of the club. It's the same team as last year. Like it's exactly the same really, isn't it? Like barring a couple of these kids that have been promoted into it, you don't expect them to be first team starters straight away like uh van der Brempt's not going to replace clinton matter like that's not going to happen no mbamba's not going to be starting at center back although we have seen odolon kasonu has been playing a bit of cdm 
in the preseason. So that might happen, but maybe that's just because there's some other players that are tired and they just want to see what happens. So I don't really, I just don't really know what to think because like better same worse. I've got, well, it can't really get any better <laughs> unless you're thinking, you're then looking at the Champions League and saying, well, they could get out of the group. But I don't think this squad, it depends on their draw. Like they had a reasonably nice draw last time, all things considered like what you could get in the Champions League and the way it fell. And they were close. Like I don't want to have a go at them or anything. I thought they played really well. And I thought they were just really unlucky in that final Lazio game. Uh, De Catalara scored so like he really kind of exploded onto the Champions League scene. Like you're looking maybe at an internal development there. You're looking at him to kind of take the next step. Yusuf Baji to take the next step. Perez to come in and take the next step. You still got Okareke, who I joked with the guys earlier was captain, which was seemed quite bizarre in the second half of their preseason game against Utrecht. But I, I, they need to go and make some signings, I think. And yeah, I, I think kind of in any sort of position, they can just kind of strengthen and look to to push on in Europe because we need those coefficient points as a league. It really does need some coefficient points, and Blue should be in the best place to do that. They got some last time out. Let's hope that they can kind of strengthen their squad because. The teams around them were strengthened. Like Genk were better than them at the back end of last season. And that should have been a wake-up call. Antwerp looked better. I'm not sure if they are. I don't think they're better than Club Bruges on paper at the moment. But they should push them a little bit more. So they're going to be pushed more. And I don't know if they're prepared for that. But they're still going to be right up there. They are. They're playing Russian roulette a little bit, Bruges, I think. Because they're, they're in danger of standing still. That's 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 got to be the concern with them. You know, it's it's fine being the champions and having a little bit more money in the bank than everybody else, but all it takes is is one of those big assets, you know, De Ketela or Noah Lang. Um, there's a lot of interest in him from from Leeds at the moment to to go. It doesn't matter if you get a big fee for one of these guys, you have to replace them. And the question will be, will they be replaced with anything like a like for like? And I just there's no indications that the the squad is being refreshed or developed at, at all, and that that would be a worry. And I'm sure it's worrying Bruges fans. I think this is just the way they do their business, though. To be honest, I mean, last season very similar thing happened. They were very slow, really, with the recruitment, and that led to them having a, a very very sluggish start to the season. In fact, they looked, you know, way off it um, until quite a bit into the season before they started to find their their their, their groove. So. You know, there's there's a little bit of a worry about them, and and you know, as Ben was saying, all of the teams around them that you would expect to challenge them have strengthened. Bruges haven't; they haven't done it yet. So it's, it's going to be really interesting, and I, and I think at the moment, unless they can get some faces in that you know do all of the things we've been talking about, then I think we definitely should have a a much closer title race. So you know, that's good for that's good for all of us. A spot in a squad that they definitely de- already since uh, since January need to strengthen after departure of the. The other is is on the wings there, also because like the Gatelier now, um, like you can use him on many places, but since so many other players have left now, he you, you can't really anymore, which might be a good thing for him. But if he has, he can't replace both um, Van Aken or former when they would not be. They usually play, but if they they aren't there. And also fill in on the wing if needed. So just for the balance in their squad, they, they need at least one and probably two and maybe even three if uh, Lang actually leaves uh, new wingers. For the rest, yeah, it's a standstill. On the other hand, indeed, there's some youngsters they probably want to see in preseason how they're doing um, and also just see how, how the squad that is present is, um, is going to evolve if they are, are going to stay or not. 
there's so many kind of different factors going on with Club Rouge, isn't it? Like, we'll just kind of see how it goes. I think that they've still got a strong squad on paper. It's just you've wanted them to freshen up. And it's interesting that they haven't yet. But I'm sure they're trying. And I'm sure before the season starts or before the end of August, we'll actually see um, some new faces there. That's for sure. They're not the only club that hasn't signed anyone. <laughs> well, actually, this club did just sign someone the other day. So fair play to them. But this is uh, Urpen. And Scott, I'm going to hand over to you for a very quiet Urpen yeah, I'm I'm pretty worried about Urpen actually. Pretty worried about Urpen. For those of you who don't know the the story, Urpen at the moment is they are kind of the the owners have basically come out and very publicly said, look, we're not going to invest anymore in the club at the moment. It has to uh, wash its own face, which always means in football in terms you you have to sell before you can buy, and it's just been very very quiet there. I mean they've you know they've they've lost quite a good goalkeeper I think in uh, Theo Deforni who's gone to Molenbeek. Babby's Babby's left as well. They've also lost uh, the very good uh, Knowledge Musona. Uh, who was on loan from Anderlecht. He's gone to the Middle East now, really underrated player. So I think, you know, I I do worry about how things are going to go there. Maybe they'll have a positive bounce with their new manager. We just need to wait and see um, Stefan Kramer and see what happens there with the the effect he has on the squad. But I think the the quality that's left, which hopefully will still be there come the start of the season for them, you know, the the Conan Endries, the the Smeal Preble Yaks, uh, the Steph Peters, they need to have good seasons, I think, if if Upen are going to do all right, because... I just, I just have this feeling that you know the wheels have kind of come off the bus there a bit, and there was lots and lots of signs come out of the club over the last few weeks that really were were not good signs. And I don't think at all. So yeah, watch this space. Yeah, off the pitch it does really not look good, and translates into the transfer policy indeed. Yeah, I, I do have a little less worries for them just because the key positions uh, so far are still staying. So uh, Prevoljak, as I uh, mentioned. Yeah, Andrea, I didn't even mention before uh, to your guys, but indeed, if he could stay and, and improve his stats, would be a big thing for them. Of course, Peters um, can be crucial with, uh, with among others, things, uh, his uh, set pieces. And uh, at the back, they have uh, Agbadu, at least, and Pula is also, like, they are quite okay at the back. Um, so, I would say in each position, they at least have one or two players that should be higher than um, than really relegation level in the Belgian Pro League. But the surroundings of that are, yeah, more question marks. Also, can they, again, it's very unsure whether Prevaliak will still be around in uh, two months' time and and so on. So we'll have to see, it. as usual, not can't really base on much also we can't even say much about the uh, the manager an unknown for me at least german manager from lower league germany i believe yeah we'll see how uh how he adapts in belgian football and if he can make a difference straight away because uh, i i do feel like he he should straight away otherwise yeah a good start will be important uh, throwing all the cliches in the in this one <laughs> <laughs> yeah quick start early goals all that sort of stuff that's what they need yeah no he's got he's got an interesting cv i guess he's managed some big clubs in germany Erdingen's probably i think that was his most successful one uh, kfc so yeah we'll see we'll see with urpen like I really like Erpen. I really like some of their players. I like watching them play last year. I thought they were unlucky in so many games that they should have won, but they didn't because they were just inexperienced and they just didn't see games out. Conan and Dali was really fun to watch last year. Smell Prevalak is one of my favourite strikers. I think he's just a pure striker. I'm surprised Anderlecht haven't reached him on their list yet. We'll get to them 
eventually. But yeah, they've got a long list of strikers they're looking at. Um, like Scott said, Steph Peters is going to have to be big. Emmanuel Agbadu. The goalkeeping situation was strange as well. It looked like Robin Himmelman was leaving. Then Teo de Forney went to Molenbeek. So Robin Himmelman's back and he got his extra contract. They still got Abdul Nuruddin as a kind of backup keeper, but it sounded like that he's going to see time. I've kind of better saying worse on them. I've kind of thought they had... Like when you look at their season last year, it was a cup semi final, a 12th place finish. Like, cup wise, it's not going to get better than that. I don't think they're making a semi final again. It was a fantastic run and they could have almost made the final. I, I still I still think they're going to be okay when I look at the squad that it is now. I think that squad, I think, yeah, that's that's good enough and it's got enough about it to worry teams. Like, with Prevriat, you're going to score goals. Uh, with Andrew, you're going to create. With Steph Peters, you've got set pieces covered. Uh, I thought Kiembe was quite good in midfield for them at times, kind of mopping up, I think. Uh, Jonathan Harris as well, I quite liked him. He's got a, I think he's got a scream in one of the cup games as well. So they've got some interesting players. Agbadu as well, yeah, like we've spoken about, good players. Stefan Kramer's got his work cut out, that's for sure. And interesting to see, like, they let, like, Amari Babi go on a free. Like, you feel like, oh, maybe they should have maybe kept him because he's quite versatile. He's, like, maybe not the best, but as a kind of squad player, he was quite useful. Uh, Adriano's gone as well again. You're like, could you just maybe kept him as well? Or just if, if the money really isn't there, it really isn't there. So if they sell Prevoliak, I'm incredibly worried about them. But as the squad is now, I think lower mid-table... They'll be maybe in about the relegation battle, but I think they'll be okay Yeah, uh, in the grand scheme of things. I think I agree with that. And uh, just uh, another sidetracking, um, of course, they a reason to like them is their, their club song, club fan song, Vizinta Onela, bilingual even, although mostly in German, uh, as it should be in uh, the German-speaking parts yeah. of Belgium. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's it, it's really like look it up if you didn't see it before it's it's quite a hit on youtube as well well in in terms of belgian football fans and it's just it's just a good song it's cool go go, go look it up now if you didn't before <laughs> no definitely i think as well I, a couple, I saw a couple of fans were saying on social media that like look guys let's not worry like we were we existed before the qatari money will exist without it it might just be a different club and but it'll still be an open team and we can still get back behind them and support them. So yeah, I hope for the fans' sake that it stays good. And hopefully we'll get out there as well. I really want to go to Erpen because it's the only part of Belgium I could actually speak the language in. So it's the only <laughs> place I can be useful. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, a side that are desperately trying to fill one position. They filled all the others, but they're desperately trying to fill one position. Joris, you've got the lovely task of talking us to us about Anderlecht. Of course, indeed, the, the striker position seems to be, yeah, the, the rumors are countless. There's no point in following them anymore. And maybe that's also what they want to achieve because, well, indeed, the, the rumors leaking in the press is usually not a not a good thing for a potential signing uh, and for potential hijackers on the, on the road. They need a striker. They did silently, without any rumors, sign uh, beforehand, sign uh, Sergio Gomez, I believe it was. And yeah. That's the way they probably want to try to do it with a striker as well. They caught the whole press and media by surprise with that, which I always I always find this a fun thing to, to see, even though, of course, we are also touching on this press. So <laughs> I guess it's not so good for us, but uh, that was nice. And But uh, yeah, the, they've done quite some business. I do feel like behind everything and behind all the countless rumors, they are having a plan held back by their uh, financial struggles. They will probably have to carry it at least one or two seasons more at best. Uh, Lokongwa might be leaving. Well, looks set to be leaving. It's, I, have, 
at the at the moment now there's been rumors for more than a month but i think the medicals passed now and um boat clubs will be make this official soon so he, that's uh the most important loss they have but they brought in refailov of course ashimeru in uh, midfield of course he was there last season they brought back wesley hoots to belgium uh from southampton yeah that's is at belgium level he has proven that he's uh, a good de- defender at the, um, so I, I think that's a good addition to the squad some experience as well while still being quite young yeah they still have the youngest squad of all of course with all the youth uh, talents coming in Sergio Gomez I'm, I'm curious about um, as well he used to be a big talent when he went to Dortmund it has stalled a bit but will be interesting to see how it go uh, how things uh, pan out yeah well for the rest I think in the end despite everything going on they are doing their business but their the, the focal point of course will and uh, will be and stay this summer the 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 striker the substitute of Mecha, especially with uh, the european qualifiers coming up soon yeah the, the main worry clearly and or except if they would try to go for uh, maybe the with leipzig style so um that they would play with like not necessarily a stri- up in the upfront striker but a lot of central attacking midfielders or just attacking midfielders circling all these wide space all these spaces up front i guess that could be something that they are looking into out of necessity but if, if yeah that they need a striker point that's uh, actually the, the clear <laughs> yeah. summary of it they've got enough attacking players to do that though haven't they <laughs> check yeah. them all on like exactly that's so also another reason why maybe they're tinkering with that i don't know i don't i don't think they really tried it in uh in the friendlies yet i think they they might do better than last year even though they ultimately had a quite a decent season but i think there will be some more consistency uh, from the beginning and who knows at least even to being part of a title race it might be a bit early but I wouldn't exclude it. Um, depends a lot on the striker. Yeah, I think I think the striker's kind of a key part in this, isn't it, guys? It definitely is. I would expect him to have a strong season. I mean, I I I, I don't imagine you know they're going to slip out of a playoff one position. They should be in there. They should be up there challenging with kind of Genk and Antwerp and and Bruges. Um, they're the four that I would certainly expect in that position. How they're going to finish, we don't know, but. They, they, you know, they, they would be my playoff one four. Still, no surprise there. So much quality in that squad, really. I knew Aretel Haj, we raved about him last season. Looking forward to seeing more of him again this coming season and, and kind of kicking on a bit. I think he could become a tremendous asset to them over the next couple of years. He could be, you know, arguably the next big thing. You know, we know Lakonga uh, going to Arsenal is more or less done. We're just waiting on the confirmation. As Joris was saying, the medicals, uh, the medicals being passed. Um, I think he's he's in isolation. I think I think that's what's happening there. But in terms of the arrivals, um, there's been some crackers. I think you know Sergio Gomez, very interesting one. Wesley Hoot again. You know, I think you know quality. Leon Rafailov. Remember him, everybody? He's now playing in the Mauve. So it'll be interesting to see how he fits into the side and, and whether he has the impact with the younger members of the squad that we all think he might do. Ashimiru's come back permanently as well. I think, you know, another good player. And also um, Taylor Harwood-Bellis has come in from uh, Manchester City on loan to kind of shore up the defence. The underlying squad's actually a very big one. Actually, when when you look at it, um, there is depth there, but it's it's one of the larger squads in the league. So they, they might manage to get some players off the book, but they, they, they seem to always like having a, a, a large squad. The good news is their average age is very young. You know, it's just under 22 years old. So I suppose that's that's the one positive to take from that. 
I expect them to have kind of quite a good season. I'm just like you, kind of wondering to see what the the final piece of their striking jigsaw is going to be, really. But I I like what they've been doing, and I think the signs are generally quite encouraging that they're going to have a a good season. I I think I agree with everything that you guys have said. I think I've kind of written down like everywhere outside of the striker, I think they've done well. Yeah, I'm really interested to see Taylor Harwood uh, Bellis as an Englishman. Nice to see like young English players in the league. Yeah, and I think that, that the players they got rid of, I think absolutely fine. Apart from obviously the Congas, I can miss, but yeah, Dimata's like com- officially gone. Uh, Zul just gone. It was a sad day for me when Knowledge Masona left uh, for the Middle East. I was very sad about that. Um, considered quitting the podcast, quitting Belgian football, and starting <laughs> Middle East podcast, but alas. I changed my mind. Good luck to Knowledge. I've enjoyed watching him play. Uh, I thought he was great for Erfurt last season as well. So, yeah, I changed my mind on that. Yeah, they've been linked with so many strikers, haven't they? Like, almost every striker in the world, I think, apart from, like, Prevel Yak and a couple of others, like Kwame, Awoni. Kwame would be, if they got Kwame, I'd be interested in that. But again, it's just, there's so many rumours you don't know what to believe uh, anymore anyway. So, yeah, like Scott said, young team, exciting players. Like, the midfield is absolutely stacked full of players, like, creatively. They should have no trouble creating chances. So, even if they do go into the first few games without a striker and they do have to play Taylor, uh, Isaac Kisatelin, who's still there. Um, he's been loaned out a billion times over the last couple of seasons, but he's still there. Even if they have to go in with him, which I think they did in one of the preseason games as a striker, I think they create enough chances that they it, it can kind of be sustained for a short period of time that you can go with him and be like, look, you've just got to put these chances away because you're going to get them. And who knows what could happen? He could start firing. It could be fine. Like They could be like, okay, actually, we don't need to break the bank and really just kind of gamble on a striker that we're clearly not landing uh, at this moment in time so we'll see what happens there but I think they do need to get someone in like I think yeah I've kind of put with that many talented creators in the side you they deserve a striker that's going to find the back of the net like they're going to create the chances let's see let's get someone in that can actually put them away but yeah defensively look strong goalkeeper wise I think they've improved Colin Kuzman comes in he could be like the backup to Van Klomberger if he gets back fit if not he could just start because no offense to team and Velenreuter but he wasn't exactly convincing uh when he got given the gloves so yeah i expect them to be right up there playoff one again get a striker in and who knows what could happen for andelect should be an exciting season for them uh another team that is going to have a very exciting season and share the, the capital city with andelect is union central welcome back to usg it's good to see you guys back in the top flight another historic club and yeah i think we're all in agreement aren't we guys that they have been signing players as if they're going to be here for a while they're not signing players for the short term. They've looked long term with like the players they signed. Englishman Marcel Lewis, highly rated Chelsea midfielder, has decided to, instead of kind of bouncing around the Chelsea loan system, he's decided to go to Belgium instead. And we are definitely happy about that one. Really excited to see him play. Fantastic looking signing. Uh, he's been getting some good game time in the in the preseason as well. Matthew Sorian. Sorry, Nola has come in from MK Dons. He was their starting fullback all of last season in League Two. Interested to see that 20-year-old kid. Let's see what he can do. Really excited to see him. Obviously, he's like English, uh, part English, part Nigerian. So as an Englishman, I'm quite intrigued about that. Up front, they've brought in uh, Felipe Avenetti on loan from Standard Liège. I think that's a great kind of backup to what they've already got there. Uh, they've obviously kept Dante Vanzi and Dennis Undav, who scored a bucket load of goals for them last season. You then bring in him as kind of like a backup striker. He's been in the league for a while now. Yeah, and it's a, with a purchase option as well. So it's kind of like a 
there's no kind of risk involved in it. They've not spent a load of money on his wages and stuff. They just bought him in on loan. If they like him, they'll buy him. If not, no big deal at all. Another player that I saw quite interesting, Bart Newcoop comes in from Feyenoord. He's got some European experience, played in a couple of like Champions League qualifiers and uh, Europa League games and stuff like that. So that's always a welcome addition to have when you're going up into another league, getting someone like that in at right back. So yeah, I really like the business they've done. They've kind of let some fringe players go. Apart from that, they've had Matthias Fixelles has gone to Kortschleich. But apart from that, it's just fringe players. Sebastian Pocognoli, West Brom fans remember him. Uh, he's retired. He was with them last season, but he's retired. Again, he wasn't starting that many games. And then they brought in, sorry, Nola anyway. So yeah, state of the club. I've just put good manager, good squad. It's got goals in it. And I think that's the thing. I said earlier, I compared Salang to Beershot and Leuven, I did the same thing with USG. And I just see similarities in those two sides and that they had strength up front, strength at the back. They had a good goalkeeper as well, and Antti Morris, uh, the Luxembourg goalkeeper. They, they look a good side and they I think they're going to be a mid-table team this year. I think they'll have a very similar season to Beershot and Leuven in the sense of where they end up. I'm not sure whether they're going to do like a Beershot and go on like a mad run and people start talking about titles and stuff like that or anything like that. I think they, they're probably going to be better defensively um, they only conceded, I think, like 24 goals last season in 28 games, but they scored 69, 45 uh, goal difference. Like, this team is good enough, isn't it? Like, that's like they were way ahead in 1B last season. So, oh, I don't know who to go to. Yours or Scott, one of you just jump in on this team. What are you, what are you thinking? Are you happy to see them back? You would think that uh, that the, the quality indeed is is uh, enough. Not only the quality, but indeed also the quantity, the depth of the squad looks. Looks really nice. I think they've done all of their business, uh, necessary business, and uh, they can look out for some opportunities here and there on the transfer market, and depending if uh, any of the strikers would leave. But I don't didn't hear any signs of that i think everyone is quite happy still with the promotion as well and uh, yeah they they could go on on that vibe that's that uh Pocognoli just to uh, he didn't leave the club of uh, literally because he's actually taken up the role of youth coach or development squad coach but yeah like they've got f- four goalkeepers even this might be a bit too much i, I can see some of these uh, being loaned out or sold five center backs two positions on the left covered midfield covered maybe maybe somewhere on the right wing they might use someone although maybe yeah nah they might might need some winger to be fair okay just scratch the opportunity part maybe that's the one thing i still need one or two more wingers yeah i don't see any issues for relegation it's tough to say how far it will it will go then if it's like a 16 spot might might be might be even a six plus or even higher but Higher will be tougher, I guess, but mid-table indeed. I think of all the sides, of all the 18 sides in the top division, USG have impressed me the most of all the sides with their recruitment. This is a side that have tooled up absolutely everywhere in every department. I think they are stronger and there is more depth there. And interestingly as well, they've also been tooling up off the park. So as well as beginning to progress the, the new stadium plans, um, because we know 
you know, we can't stay in that 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 famous stadium long term. That that everyone who goes to Belgian football should get a chance to go to at least once. Looking forward to enjoying a beer outside under the trees under the floodlight. I think they they've also been tooling up. Yeah, off the pitch as I was saying. So they've installed under soil heating. They've improved the lighting at the stadium. This is a club that is that is investing, but also investing in the right way as well. I think the recruitment has been quite smart. They, you know, they haven't spent really a lot of money. Players that have come in, I think, are. are are extremely good value for money. The one that, that we haven't mentioned so far is uh, Lorenzo Paolucci, who's come in from Regina. That's another interesting one, but I'm really excited to see what USG do, actually, because I, I think, you know, looking at that squad on paper, depth, quality, it could it could really, it could, it could do something. And it looks to me, certainly looking from the outside in, that this is a side... You know, as Ben was saying, we've got a smart manager, a smart, experienced manager, and Felix Mazo, who are who are planning on on sticking around, which I think is a good thing for all of us because, as we all know, USG are one of the the great historic names of Belgian football. So not only is it great to have them back, but it looks like they, you know, they're they're serious about staying back. Absolutely, and now it's just while well, you guys Joris mentioned that they could fill out getting a right winger and. There's one guy I've wanted to see someone pick up, but no one's picked him up yet from 1B is uh, Yusuf Shaluk, played for Kimska Denza last season. Great player. 10 assists, 8 goals. He could be a really good little pickup for some team. Can play right midfield. They've obviously seen him. Like, I wonder if that's someone they'll look at because, yeah, it's not something we see as much, this like 1B to 1A movement uh, for players. But we've seen... Last season, Henry Holzhauser, Mercier, like these players that did it in 1B, went into 1A and were still just as good. So, yeah, if you're listening USG or anyone and you're looking for a right midfielder or like someone who can play left, right, central, Yusuf Shaluk, Denza, he's the one to go for. Scott, I think I'm coming back to you for this next one. It's our favourite mascots team, <laughs> Binky and St. Trude. Yeah, St. Trude on another side that I've I've um I've got a worry about actually. Similar situation to what's happening at Open. The owners, um, although they have slightly deeper pockets than the owners do at Open, I think I've been very honest in, in saying that they, they don't want to spend any more at the moment. So you're gonna have to sell before you can buy. And the new manager, Bernd Hollerbach, was only 48 hours ago, bemoaning uh, the lack of movement so far, which I thought was a, a really, really bad sign, potentially, of, of how this season might pan out for them. Got to remember as well that Peter Mass, who who kept them up, did very well when he came in. He he jumped ship at the first opportunity and went to beer show. And that was a strange one for us at the time. We were talking about it earlier, but when you look at everything now, clearly a huge factor in that decision was his belief that the the owners at St Truden were 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 not really going to develop the team too much and that there wasn't going to be much wiggle room for for development or movement there so he felt that you know it'd be better for him to go elsewhere i think you know the big thing with St Truden is striker Yuma Suzuki who had a great season last season he is still at St Truden which is obviously good news for the club but Again, he's the only sort of significant asset they have. So if they're looking to bring in players, he's he's the obvious one to 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 be leaving. I think it's really important they hold on to him because I think that if they don't, then they really are going to be in a bit of trouble. I think because I I, I don't see how you can replace those goals if they're if they're not going to spend a reasonable amount of money. So I have a lot of worries about um, St. Truden, and it just shows you in a way. I think the Peter Mass factor was huge in how they finished last season and in just being influential around that club, and you would hope. St. Truden fans are going to be hoping that Bernd Hollerbach has a, has a, a similar effect. But 
you know, it's that standing still thing again. It's, you know, it's not investing in the squad. It's not developing it. And although there are some good players there, one we should mention who has come in, who is very good, is Abubakari Koita. Um, a little bit inconsistent, but albeit a very good player. But I don't think he in his own is going to be enough necessarily to make them have a have a better season. I think there's a, some red flags around St. Truden. So we just need to see what happens there over the next two or three weeks. Again, the striker question, I guess. Yeah. Uh, striker replacement, probably striker replacement question or really staying in that would indeed probably the makes sure that uh, they won't have real issues I, I think their squad for the rest looks decent to be fair like, i don't see real issues coming for them if the yeah someone scores the goals it can even be midfielders or koita scoring some screamers <laughs> again their defense looks okay uh Puato has been all right lavalle has been a decent winter signing for them and uh, he's staying at the club now kakache has definitely been a good left back for them i, I think they're fine but then again that question uh, they only finished 15th in the end last season so i I, I guess they could be around that area again. So many things depend on the striker because only Mboyo is a good striker, but he's also getting 34 and he's not an out-and-out striker either. I suppose he's uh, also drifting more to the wings. Yeah, no, I, that is my exact thought about Mboyo. Kind of like a half-winger, half-striker. He kind of does both, but neither of them completely. Yeah, it's it's just a really interesting situation. Like Koita's, I, I like Koita's a signing. Like Yoris said, he does randomly score screamers he went through a run of just scoring screamers all the time because he just shot all the time the players that they've kind of got rid of like weren't massively involved in the team anyway last season like maybe you could say Dukans Nazon was at times and he looked really good at times but he's not been kept um not whether he was offered a contract or not I'm not too sure on what the situation was there I doubt it considering what um Scott was just reporting about them yeah I, it's they're an interesting one because I look down and I'm like yeah actually at kind of certain positions they're really exciting like fullback they're really exciting like you always said Kakache like really exciting player on the other wing you've got Hashioka really exciting player as well so like arguably they've got the two most exciting young fullbacks in the league in a sense like which is really bizarre when you look at kind of like the situation they're in Suzuki yeah like you guys said I don't want to kind of repeat that too much he is he is important in all sense of the words and yeah i'm sure binky will be hoping for a better season that's for sure if he goes not convinced from what i've seen of Filipov, if he's got enough about him to fill that void is it time to see some nelson balongo didn't really see much of him last season is he ready uh would they just chuck him in again you don't know but they're probably gonna have to if if that money's just gonna come in and go into the bank and just sit there and they're not gonna use it then i don't really see what what they can do Koita up front maybe yeah don't really like it as an option I don't think that's his position but I guess you could kind of do an Mboyo Koita rules like in behind them feed him the ball I don't know there's there's lots of interesting things they can do if he goes but if they keep him even if they keep him in the summer I think he'll be gone by January I, I don't think they'll fin- he'll finish the season at St. Luden I'll, t- I'll take the next one uh I'll take Ghent another team that have been as per usual, as Joris always says, they're just the busiest team when it comes to the transfer window. They just they just love it. They love it. It's their favourite time of the year for sure. Um, <laughs> so going into this, I'm presuming that Roman Yeremchuk will not be at Ghent. Let's just set that stall out now. That's what I'm basing my entire talk about Ghent is that Yeremchuk's not going to be there. Like, he's not. There's no way he's going to still be there. Like, too good a Euros, too much interest in him. He will be gone. He wants to go. Like, it suits them all to just kind of part ways and take the money now in terms of signing they picked up Gianni Bruno 
as people who listen to this podcast know, I'm a big fan of Gianni Bruno. I was last year. I fought to get him into our team of the season, um, despite some other players that might have been more worthy. I wanted him in there and he got in there in the end. Andre Hulschlager as well. Fantastic pickup from Oostend. Julian Dessart on a free from Courtright. That's a great pickup. Joseph Okumi from Elsborg, their most expensive signing of this window, about 3 million. Great, great signing. He's looked great in the Alsvenskan. He's really developed and stuff. I know that the Nordic Football Podcast guys were sad to see him go, but we're very grateful to have him come and join us over here. Someone that I will, once I've finished, turn to Scott to talk more about because he knows a lot more about him than I do is uh, Vakun Isuf Bayo, who came in from Celtic. Potentially the Remchuk replacement. Waits to be seen on that. Uh, in terms of departures, I've written down here that I don't think Ghent will ever be shopping at Heidenheim again. <laughs> or in Kleindienst and Dorsch last season, they're both on their way out. Kleindienst, it just didn't work. It just, the fit wasn't right. It was like, it just wasn't, I never, I didn't think it would work at the first point. I was a bit undecided about it. He was fantastic in the second division in Bundesliga. By January, it just wasn't working. He went back to Heidenheim and just continued what he'd done for Heidenheim. So they, I think they pretty much got the money back that they paid for him. It's just kind of, like for like he's gone back to Heidenheim, which is a great move for him. I think for him to stay there, that's where you clearly are the best and you're happiest and it's the place to be. Nicholas Dorsch, shame to see him go. I don't think we saw enough of Nicholas Dorsch really gone for about 6 million to Augsburg uh, in the Bundesliga. So I guess Bundesliga is a step up, but he's not got European football like he did in Ghent. So that's an interesting one. And then outside of that, it's kind of with the signing of Akumu and some uh, Hunter Olsen obviously came in and they got a Perry. They've kind of got rid of a couple of defenders. So Plastoon's gone. He's gone to Ludogorets. Uh, Dino Arslanjic's gone. He's gone to Gostepe. Colin Kuzman's gone as the keeper backup. He's gone on free to Andrecht, as we said before. A couple of other kind of like minor moves as well have happened. So yeah, they've, they've had a bit of a clear out, but it's not really a clear out when you look at the size of their squad. In terms of state of this club, it looks good on paper. Like I like... Because they they bring in players from the pro league that you've seen, so of course you're going to be like kind of more for them in that sense because you've seen them, you know what they can do in the league. But whether they all fit together is another question completely. I like the creativity they've got, that's for sure. I like Hull Saga, I like Tisa Dali, I like Bruno Bacari showed some glimpses of it last season as well. Like they've got some creative players. If Ojiji Afoy can stay fit again, that's kind of always like an asterisk with Ghent. If he stays fit and plays how we know, that'd be good. Uh, defensively, I think they look. Pretty decent. And Gedu's still there. Hancha Olsen looked good. Didn't, I remember he did he score in his debut and then they got absolutely hammered. And I remember the Ghent, uh, the Ghent Twitter crowd tweeting out, what a great debut. And then um, yeah, <laughs> two hours later, it wasn't the best debut that he's ever had. Then yeah, Akumi's going to fit in there. Nurio Fortuna, I'm still a big fan of him. Wasn't as great last season. Castro Montes as well. I'd like to see some more Elisha Obusu in midfield, but is he? I don't know if he'll they'll play him when you've got Kums and Ojiji Afoya, but Obusu looked pretty decent in the um, preseason game that I've seen. Bezos got some experience in the uh, in the Euros. I think he came on. What was it in the? about last 16 games so it was nice to see him get a little bit of game time he deserved it after his end of season so yeah on paper I feel like they they, they look good I think Hein van Herzebrook should be happy with the squad he's got for sure I think I'm still not convinced about goalkeeping position I think they can still do something there Bolat he looked good at points then at some points he looked really stiff and like he couldn't move which is a bit strange so yeah 
pushing for playoff one is what I expect from them this season. They have to be. They can't start like they did last season. They were useless for large parts of the season. But then they got their act together eventually and made it into Europe. So they should be pushing for playoff one. Scott, I'll hand over to you to tell us a little bit more about Bayo and kind of then your thoughts on Ghent. I, I agree with I completely agree with all of your analysis there. Here's a question actually before we touch on Bio. Does does Van Heisenbroek know the best system to accommodate these players? Because mm. there's a lot of strength and depth there, um, quality mm-hmm. as well, everything you would want. It all looks great on paper, but much like a lot of last season, it, it was kind of a similar story, you know. It was a, a just a general feeling for me anyway that, you know, the, the club were not getting the best out of, of the players at their disposal. And arguably they've 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 got a better squad now. Um, than they did last year. Obviously, this is now completely Van Heisenbroek's side. You know, he had, what, half a season almost last season to kind of tinker and to just make more, small incremental improvements, which he did. But, you know, he's he's starting from ground zero here and it's it's all him now. So it's going to be really interesting to see whether they they can they can impress us because, as, you know, as Ben was saying, they were just so underwhelming and at times just awful last season. Coming back round to Bio, who is a player I know very well because I've seen him play quite a lot in person when he was at Celtic. This move came out of the blue the other day, actually. This was another one that there wasn't a lot of whispers about. I think Ghent moved very, very fast on this one. To lose who he was on loan at from Celtic were quite keen to take up their purchase option. And um, I think what actually happened was Ghent came in and, and actually just offered more. And it's interesting because Bio Bio left um, a national team training camp, which pissed a few people off in order to kind of force this move through and get it done. So that that kind of came out of the blue. He's he's very 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 different player to Roman Yaramchuk's because my initial reaction was surely this isn't a signing you know, who's replacing Yaramchuk because that would suggest to me they're looking at changing the system because he's he's completely different. So it'll be really interesting to see how he fits into that. It may be the case that another striker comes in as well because Van Heisenbrook was just saying yesterday that that's the position he's most worried about and that he's not yet happy, uh, even Bio coming in. So he's looking probably for at least one more striker, which I thought was a really interesting sign. Bio's contract's a four-year one, which is quite a... Quite a leap of faith from Ghent as well. Decent, really decent player. Didn't didn't cut it at Celtic for lots of reasons, but big, tall, really physical player. Very good in the air, um, but will need service. So it'll be interesting to see how he does. Ghent is one of those sides where I, I just I have no idea what to expect really. So the first month of the season is going to be really interesting because I think that'll give us an indication as to you know how their season might pan out. Yeah, I I think they did get the the right positions i'm not saying players i'm saying the right positions strengthened but because i'm not convinced with their tactic of buying uh pro league players because it's they have been doing that for years now in the in they always jump for the uh one season wonders bringing in a lot of players getting a lot of players going out they're 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 just so managed by agents still and you can just clearly start to follow that and that's uh, a sad thing but they did get the right position strengthened. And I'm not saying um, that it can, can't work. Uh, it has worked for them before. Uh, it's indeed a question if it works in a, in a system, if that's something that's, that will happen, if uh, Van Aasbroek can make the pieces fit. But yeah, the, the squad does look 
decent in general indeed i, I agree with both of you there and I, I i feel like it's not going to be enough to really go for the top but indeed more challenging for the for the playoff spots um well the playoff one spot and certainly playoff two i guess that would be very disappointing if not yeah i think they will be doing slightly better than last season <laughs> it's funny what you said there scott about uh Hans being a bit upset worried about the striker position <laughs> like you take out your m there's still like 20 strikers that you could put out there like there's so many <laughs> like Tisa Dali can play as a striker Gianni yeah. Buna can play as a striker Anderson Niangbo played as a striker sometimes Usman Bakari he's played him as a striker Jonas Morede <laughs> striker Lauren <laughs> Depotra striker Bayo striker like he's like Neil Warnock used to just sign about 20 strikers a season like he his philosophy is you can never have enough strikers and that's <laughs> clearly where they're going with this um i get it gives them tactical flexibility and stuff but you can only play a couple at a time before you kind of fall apart a little bit and then you get yeah, you've got other players to fit in around that i say guys i only just noticed that was the last team we have got through the entire pro league We hope you've stuck with us. If you've made it this far, congratulations. I hope you've enjoyed it so far. We do have, I've kind of put around three little questions just to ask guys at the end, just to kind of finish us off. So we'll start with Scott on the first one. Your favourite signing of the summer so far? Well, this is a player who uh, has already been mentioned, unsurprisingly. I've gone for Sergio Gomez. Uh, Anderlecht, the 20-year-old Spanish midfielder who can play as an attacking midfielder or or on the left or the right. So you can play right ac- across the middle. Came through Barcelona's uh, academy, didn't manage to break into the senior side, went to Dortmund, didn't quite make it there. Then went to Huesca on loan and did really, really well there. Played about 60 games over the course of a couple of seasons. In fact, was part of the Huesca squad that actually got promoted to La Liga. Yeah, Sergio Gomez, again, one that came out of the blue really really interesting career up till now really great pickup from Anderlecht I mean I think less than two million euros is, is the fee they've paid there so I'm really excited to see if he can deliver what what, what his career suggests it could maybe do definitely an interesting one definitely one to watch out for he joins a very stacked team full of creative players so he's definitely got his work out getting in front of a couple of them but if he's good enough he'll play that's for sure Joris who's your kind of signing of the summer it's Adam Zorgan, uh, like I've uh, mentioned before, I think, already from Charleroi. I'm really excited to see if he gets a spot in that uh, in that stacked midfield of Charleroi. So it's already a question if he will make the team. But, uh, I'm curious about him. And to drop a few other names, to, to not to go too deep into it either, like I think I also mentioned it before, like adding from Henk from my own team is potentially a, a really good signing in the his his career has been halted a bit through some knee injuries so there's the worries there but there's actually no doubt about his footballing qualities so uh, let's see if he can stay injury free and both uh, Manchester City loanees that went to Lommel last season but now made the step up to the first division I think I will pick Moreno between them from Kortrecht yeah no definitely some interesting players in there yeah I'm interested to see all three of them to be honest I've probably gone a little bit more traditional than mine's at Charleroi as well I've got like three so I'll go through them but my first one was Coffee, just because he fits the needs uh, that Charleroi had and it's just such an upgrade and for the money they spent on him I thought it was a great pickup. Prey the signing for Antwerp as a striker I really like that one I hope it works out I think it's yeah it just kind of again suits the need and as I've already said I like Okumu uh, as a signing for Ghent I'm really intrigued to see how he does in Belgium. Joris I'm going to go back to you for this next question 
pick one young player that you think might have a breakout season or we might see a lot more of this season? I'll, I'll drop two. I'm going to cheat again. <laughs> but, um, there's one I'm very curious about, about in the a, in a most logical place to look for this, which is Anderlicht. And that is uh, Mario Sturikas. I'm very curious. He made a few appearances, but not that many last season. He impressed me there with his technique. Uh, he's a, a central attacking midfielder or striking option. So another one that could fill in there if needed. He's physically already quite strong as well. So I see him making some minutes despite being 17 and into pick a different one a more surprising one probably and uh, from a smaller team yeah Stan van Dessel from uh, Sintrade he made a few appearances by the at the back end of last season he's, he's not a 19 year old midfielder they, they he still needs to grow I think he even despite being a bit older than Struik is uh, in age I think physically he might not be there yet in, comp- in this comparison yeah it will be interesting to see if he gets any minutes and yeah as we already spoke well, Sintrade is one of these teams that have a lot of question marks around them if uh, if that would be a factor to uh, get these away from them no yeah i think they're really two really interesting kind of left field players that um not many people have heard of so yeah definitely interested to see scott who are you going for i well do you know i actually had a list of seven i made a list of seven but i won't give you them all <laughs> i'll pick one uh, top of the list uh, i think this is going to be a really big and important season for danny perez at bruges 19-year-old Venezuelan striker who's been having quite a good pre-season up to now. He's been scoring goals, I think, with some of the injuries and some of the isolation issues that um, Bruges are having at the moment, that there's a very good chance he could start the the Super Cup uh, at the weekend against Genk as well. I've gone for Danny Perez. I th- I think this could be could be a big season for young Danny. Yeah, no, definitely can't argue with that one. And it'd be really exciting to see him play a lot more. He has looked really good in preseason. Yeah, um, just the snippets I've seen. And obviously, you can't judge everything on preseason. But like seeing him play and like impress, like for Clemon, he must see that and be like, okay, I can. Sh- He's already shown that he can. Come kind of trust him he's looked like he can trust him in the past in like a short amount of time so yeah let's hope to see some more Danny Perez I've also gone for a striker uh he only played I think it was like three games last season uh, I've gone for Yusuf Silla uh Alagem. just looking at their squad they have three registered strikers Yelivosin, Zinogano and then Silla and Yoris you made a point earlier which is why I've kind of gone for Silla in that it'd be interesting to see them play Vossen and Gano up front together so if you're playing those two Silla's going to be on the bench because you've got no one else to put on the bench he came on a couple of times last year in some games that they actually needed to win so there's clearly some trust in that looks like an interesting player he's like 18 years old quite a tall striker I think we're going to see a lot more of him this season and I'm really excited to see a lot more of him yeah he's going to get a chance at Zolta and with the players they've got and that they've brought in it'd be nice to see like a young kind of player that was already there step up and take charge of things so yeah Yusuf Silla is the player that I'm picking into that final one before we finally finish this massive episode that we've recorded enjoyed every minute of recording that's for sure it's been a really good experience for us a team that will surprise you the most this can be both ways surprise you in a good way surprise you in a bad way and i'll start with scott go for you on this one usg in a good way nice any particular (laughs) reason for that (laughs) well i just i just think you know all the indications are that you know their activity's just been really positive i think i just hope that you know all of the indications translates onto the pitch that's what we don't know at the moment from what i've seen of 
the them in pre-season so far, the indications look look quite positive, but pre-season games obviously are a very different environment. Um, I think there's a number of players that have come in there who are probably going to take maybe a year or two to to develop and get better. But I they just they're, they're sending out all the right signals to me, I think, and I just I just hope that that translates into the positive vibe that certainly I'm I, I'm kind of getting and everything I see from them at the moment, really. No, absolutely, absolutely, they. They just yeah, like I kind of said earlier, is like they look like they they they're looking like they want to be here for a long time. They're not looking at just one season and trying to like do as best they can in one season, not think about the future. Yoris, are you going positive or negative? Always go positive. You, it might be surprised to hear that from me, but <laughs> but uh, it's also a positive and a negative for me at the same time because I do think Standard will do uh, a bit better than most people expect. Maybe it's also mostly because there's so many alarm bells ringing around the club, so it's it's difficult to disappoint, I guess. Uh, but coming out of a negative, but I do think they yeah they might end up in playoff one even or or at least uh, challenge that. Oh, that is a hot take. You know what they say about how great minds think alike? Because Standard were the team that I've put down. But I won't copy you. I did have two teams. So thankfully, always came prepared. But yeah, no, I agree. I think I just like their strikers. I like their strike force. I think you said it earlier. They still have a good squad. Like when you look at it, they're not as bad as kind of the feeling around them is. And I've also put the moment they get the fans back in as well, get a bit of atmosphere going. That could really pump them up. Uh, I've actually gone for Urpen as a team that I think will do better than we think in sense that they won't be a complete catastrophe because of everything that's going off the pitch. They're kind of the same as standard in that sense, but obviously not as big a club. And we just you don't really know what's going to happen. It's all kind of unnerved. But at this moment in time, I think they'll be a mid-table team. I don't think they're going to be down there because I think they still have just about enough quality compared to some of the other clubs out there. So I think Urpen are going to do better than we think. But yeah, my first choice was standard. I think, yeah, I think they're going to be pushing playoff one. I'm not sure if they'll get there because they may still lose some players along the way and stuff like that. Depends. It just kind of depends what happens. But no European football, so the squad won't be as stretched. That eh, They could have a good a good go at it. And maybe they'll have another go at the cup as well with all, without the European football. To, to get you off your of your clouds, like great minds think alike, but idiots think alike more often. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end it. Uh, I think <laughs> what a way to end this episode. <laughs> Guys, as always, thank you so much for joining me on this. This was a much better experience than I had last year doing this on my own. Can't wait to jump into another season as a group. And we've got a lot to look forward to. So yeah, as always, thank you to Scott and Joris for joining me on this podcast. My word, what 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 a pleasure. There you go, folks. Absolutely everything you need to know. And if you weren't already up and off for the start of the season in a few days, then you will be now that you've listened to this. And maybe in two pieces. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we'll we'll have to see about that. But it's it's looking very likely that it will be in two pieces. I'm sorry that there might not be an end to the previous one in the, in that case. But uh yeah, uh this was recorded in one take, so we will take it as uh, as one. Goodbyes as well, and see you soon. But it was an absolute pleasure for sure. Spare a thought for Yoris, who has to now edit everything we said. So the final product you hear was not everything that we said, that's for sure, because there's always a lot of nonsense coming out of our mouths during these podcasts. But the best bits always get kept in, and some of the nonsense also always gets kept in. Yeah, as always, well, not as always, because it's now new music, but we just want to give a special thanks to Scott Home for our new music. And as you know by now, Freelance Football Ops, we're partnering with them. 
them. If you're interested in football media, jobs and all that sort of stuff, definitely check them out. Search freelancefootballops.com or just find them on Twitter and you can get in contact with them there. And yeah, if you enjoy listening and have enjoyed listening to what we do over the past year or you're just discovering us, please do leave us a review. We really do appreciate it. It's nice to hear what people think about it and not just think it's just the three of us talking to each other every week. Yeah, once the season starts, we'll be back again as we were last year. Weekly podcasts, we'll be back with specials, all that sort of stuff. Hopefully more as well. We've got some exciting stuff planned for you all. If you want to get in touch with us, you can in the usual ways. Twitter, we're very active there, at Belgium Podcast. You can also find all three of us on Twitter. I'm at BenJack94. So it's at Scott underscore coin. And yours is at yours underscore bet. Alternatively, if you prefer, you can email us. It's BelgiumFootPodcast at gmail.com. Com. You'll also have noticed that we've got a fancy new logo. So if you are a bit confused and you think that doesn't look like us, it is us. We've just upgraded our logo. We think it looks really good. We've got a lot of love from you guys so far on it. So we're glad that you like it as well. And yeah, as always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you very soon on another episode of the Belgian Football Podcast. <laughs>